right yep. now, okay? Okay, man. Here we go. Started. Here we go. a week for Newcastle like went gun crazy we went we scored lots and lots of goals and then all of a sudden poof in a, in a New York minute we go down to, to Wolves so you can catch us tonight on www.toontalk.co.uk or you can call directly in the show or 191-538-9781 or you can get us on www.novaradio.co.uk and also on Google Play and iTunes as well. So we're going to be available everywhere and everywhere, even after the show as well. My main guest tonight is Tom Barkley. Uh, he's actually in the studio. My co-host this evening is, as usual, Neil uh, Neil Mitchell, who's calling from Dubai. Good evening, Neil. How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. We're A little word of warning, I've been drinking red pop this evening, and it's, it's, it's starting to show. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got the red... We've got the red um, uh, son and fan, uh, Keith, coming on around 6.40, so I'm sure he'll have a few things to say on his reds. But um, So, obviously, is it still hot as hell there, as usual? Yeah, and humid. Um, the humidity's humid, humid turned back up, so it's what? It's just five past nine, and it's, uh, well, my phone's saying it's 34, but feels like 40, and it feels all of that. And it's about it's about fifty percent humidity at the minute. Oh um, we're getting close to where it's going to start the tail off, and yeah, I've had a couple of days when I've been able to get the hood down on the car, and it's been very pleasant indeed. So, you know, it's coming. The, we we always look forward to the winter here because <laughs> it gets very pleasant. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Well, as I just said, we've got uh, Tom Barkley, who's making his debut on Toon Talk this evening. Good evening, Tom. Hi, how are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Good to good to be on. Thanks very much for having me. No, no problem. Obviously, Tom is a football reporter at the Sun. Uh, if you're a if you're a muppet to him, he'll block you. He's a very nice chap. He's called in on time, which sometimes doesn't happen. So uh, his first time on um, Toon Talk. So tell me, what's were you surprised when uh, Rafa the Gaffer, the Raffulation that that's going on with Newcastle United? Um, were you surprised that he, he, he actually, not, not that, he did, that he came, but he stayed on at the end of the season? I was surprised by it all, really, um, that he came in the first place and that he stayed on. I mean, this is a man that's obviously won the Champions League and managed um, some of the biggest clubs in the world and some of the biggest players. I mean, you've all heard this all before, but mm. uh, you know, just stating my opinion, I was still shocked that he stayed in the summer. I think... Um, I think it's very easy for a lot of managers and players to talk about the fans and mm. to get them, you know, to sort of play to them, saying how much how much they mean to them. And you see sometimes you see players kissing badges and next week mm. they're off. 
but it generally did feel like uh, the the sort of um, emotion and and the good feeling that the, the the Toon Army had towards the end of last season towards Rafa Benitez uh, really did have a big impact in it. Having said that, I do really think if uh, if if a if a big Premier League team had come in for him or, or someone across the world, I'm, I'm I would have thought he would have would have left, and that just didn't happen. But uh, but I think the fact that the the, the Toon Army had such a such a um, an impact on him personally made that decision a lot easier for him to stay. Yeah, the, the one thing um, I think that most people were worried about when we did obviously get relegated that um, I you kept on hearing links with Everton. And it seemed mm. to get quite interesting because obviously he's a family living living Merseyside still, and uh, I mm. think that was the only thing that that worried me. But you're right when it comes to the fans. You, like you know, I was in Australia when um, the last game of the season, and the plans obviously were afoot to make sure that um, you know to to pull on his heartstrings uh, mm. for him to stay. And I think um, once he had arrived there. It, it, for me, it was always 70-30 that he would stay, but um, the fact that he's been given a carte blanche by the owner has that did that surprise you? Because obviously, every every manager and his granny that had been with Newcastle was was always told it's the, the Mike Ashley way or the highway. Yeah, but then if you think about the managers that were, that were in place before, um, I don't think any of them really had the um, the sort of standing in the game that Benitez had, and I think Mike Ashley realised that if he was going to keep hold of of Rafa, he was going to have to going to have to do something a little bit different than uh, than he has done in the past. I mean, I suppose Kevin Keegan back in the day had a, uh, has obviously always we always call it sort of Messiah-like standing mm-hmm. with the with with the Newcastle fans, but obviously he left, and then you look at the sort of likes of Pardew when he came in, his his, his standing in the game after leaving Southampton wasn't wasn't really what uh, what Benitez was. I mean, obviously, I, I think he actually enhanced it um, at Newcastle. I know it didn't end well, but there, he did actually, you know, think of where he came from, sort of reputation-wise. And, and then Hewton as well hadn't really, he hadn't really managed before. He'd just been doing caretaker, caretaker roles. So to have someone, it was he, to keep someone like Benitez, I think actually realised that he had to do something slightly different. And let's be honest, um, the, the Graham Carr model um, wasn't working. The amount of French players, in particular, and foreign signings that uh, to what happened last season, um, Newcastle going down and just underperforming week in, week out, really, and heart meant that it was probably quite easy to to, to sort of ditch that that model and look for a, a new way of doing things. I, I think personally, one of the kind of strangely one of the worst signings Newcastle ever made made was. Uh, Johan Kabai for about four and a half million because he was such a good signing, such a good player, such a good player for such little money. It also it almost made uh, the powers that be at Newcastle think that that was going to work every time. And the amount of players that were bought in on the back of that, the likes of um, Emmanuel Riviere last season, uh, <laughs> Florian Tovin, um, Johan Gufran really. I mean, I know, I know he had a good start. He's doing okay at the moment. But Players like that, uh, I could go on. I mean, uh, Yanga and Biwa, Sissoko mm-hmm. uh, to a lesser extent. Uh, but players like that, sort of thinking that that market was going was gonna to always produce the goods, uh, turned out to not really be the case. And they obviously moved away from signing English and British players, which is one of the best things, I think, about this, this season, that they have 
look to uh, to reinforce that side of things. But um, but yeah, uh, I don't think on the off the back of that, the way that 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 sort of model hasn't really worked out, it didn't make it particularly hard for 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 a change to happen. And when you got someone like Benitez available, and really where Newcastle were, you know that was that was very lucky that someone of his standing would would be interested. They had to sort of pull out the stops to make it happen. What do you think, uh, Neil, on what, on what Tom I, said there? I think I think what Tom said is quite interesting about Kabaye. I think there's, there's another side to that you could bring in, is that not only did they think he has a, a form quick quick fix formula to have a production line of players that um, we can get in cheap and sell on high, and they thought that was never going to end. It also then meant the eye was taken off the academy a little bit when that mm. should have been being pressed on, and it put the the, the the top grid of the academy at risk at one point because we weren't going to get it. We only took an appeal at the last minute to, to maintain top top flight academy status. But then the third, third yeah. element to that becomes the players coming in just view Newcastle United as a stepping stone, and that's something mm. that Rafa has actually said. Um, a couple of times in, in, when he's been speaking to the it press is. about how mm. the the players coming in have got to want to play for this club, wear the shirt with pride, and not just view us as a stepping stone. And I think you're quite right. I think on the back of Kabaye coming in and then going the way he did, mm. I suspect that set up a mentality within the club that's be, been a culture that's had to be broken. Yeah, I think um, it's actually funny enough that you talk about the uh, the academy um, situation, and you're right they, they did. Um, sort of put the academy status in jeopardy although if you remember that Europa League season uh, the, uh, the, the season mm-hmm. after they, they finished fifth and they only brought in I think it was Vernon Anita was the major signing and the players like Gail, uh, Gail Bigger-Imana uh, and other sort of young players I think Curtis Good was signed then as well um, and they really put their faith in, in, in young players that, se- that season so um, which was the wrong thing to do because obviously you're pitching in uh, very very inexperienced players, who, most of who ha- who have gone on to not really hit the heights of, mm. of you know of, of even when you got the championship. I mean, players like James Tavernier are playing well for Rangers, but I'm not sure Scottish Premier League is even sort of is nowhere near the championship in in, in my eyes. And then Harris Vukic, players like you know, has had his injury problems, but he's dropped down again. So. Uh, Actually, ironically, there was that time where they were trying to, to sort of really kick on the, the young players, but they just did it at the wrong time, they, the worst time possible. That was when they needed to um, needed to really uh, to, to strengthen um, at a higher level because they were playing European football. But overall, I think, yeah, you're right about um, the academy players being sort of overlooked apart from that time. Uh, and, and I totally agree. I was going to bring up what Rafa said a few times about mm. players wanting to start, play for Newcastle just because to play for Newcastle is, is a privilege and, and something that so many obviously fans but players over the years I mean obviously Alan Shearer would be the key prime example but so many players have wanted to move there because of what it means to play for that club and I, I, I just think I think it, even if Newcastle were to stay in the championship for a couple of years not that I think that's going to happen I still think they're obviously going to go up this year despite the result of the weekend I think I think the fans would probably take that with the passion that's come back to the club and having players who want to be there rather than what they saw in the last few years of, of players 
signing just because they know it's a way of getting into England, a club where they're going to know a lot of their other French-speaking uh, players. They know from the outset, and this is, you know, don't blame those players. The club probably have told them, I would have thought, this is only my opinion, but the club would have told them, look, you can sign for this club, do well, and then, you know, you've looked at other players who've moved on, the likes of Kabay when he went to Paris Saint-Germain, and obviously Sissoko recently, but there is an opportunity there for, for, to sort of enhance your career at a bigger club. Uh, I don't think that just doesn't sit well with, uh, with Newcastle fans. It doesn't sit well with any, any fans of any club, but some clubs, fans, some fans are a little bit more sort of okay with that. They realise they're standing in the, in the game. Um, but with Newcastle, I mean, come on, it's Newcastle, 50,000 fans every, every week. Uh, I know it's not been, they haven't hit the heights in a long time and they haven't won anything in a long time, but it's still one of the great English clubs uh, around really so I don't think that kind of mentality really washes with, with that club I don't think that um, because of what's happened in the past and the fact that he's got, he's got complete control now of in everything around the club he, you know he's going out his way to, to meet um, you know some of the fanzines some of the social media guys who, who go there and you know spend four hours with him Obviously, I wasn't invited because he doesn't know me yet, but once he does, he'll have me there every day, I can imagine, with Neil. No but, doubt. Um, you never know, right? But um, it's, uh, that, that's, that's the, the one thing, isn't it? it I think uh, the model he's got, and it, 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 isn't it really funny that the, when you watch Free Madrid win the Champions League last season, they kind of played in a way that Rafa Benitez sets up defensively, but obviously with, with Cezanne in charge. And he, he obviously got a, a great payoff for that. When you've met him, have you met Rafa? Have you? What's been your take when you've met him, like one on one? He comes across that you can talk for hours and hours. Mm. I um I haven't interviewed him one on one yet. I've done a, I did Matt Ritchie in, in the um in preseason, but I've done quite a few games now. So I've obviously been in the press conferences afterwards. Mm. And um, I think you know after the QPR game, the the, the main line from most of the reports was. You know, after effectively a perfect performance, Rafa insisting that um, they they can get better. That was that was my question in, in, in the press conference, saying, you know, how can it get better than this? And obviously, knowing he was going, not going to say, you know, this is as good as it gets because you know you don't say that a few games into the season because you can only go downhill from there. But mm-hmm. um, but he's he's interesting in press conferences. He's, he's obviously done this for such a long time uh, in so many different countries. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows what he wants to. Uh, he knows what he wants to say, uh, and he won't be drawn out. It's very difficult to, to ask a question which you know is going to effectively get him to say something uh, slightly off message and what he sort of planned to say beforehand. Um, you know, you can even ask him a question, and he will sort of resort back to what he planned to say. Uh, you know, uh, most you know a lot of buzz phrases like um, uh, you know the team were working really hard, push the other team were pushing and pushing. Um, you know, but there are still mistakes. We still could be doing, uh, you know, doing different things to to, to improve. We must improve. That, it's the kind of it's the kind of stuff we've heard from him for such a long time um, at Liverpool as well as Newcastle. And I can I can see him doing it throughout the season. He's very obviously he's very impressive. But we're talking about a world class manager who's been doing this for a long time. Who's 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 mixed with all the world's media. So nothing particularly, you know, the Championship level sort of. Um, press conferences and, and the sort of lack of people at them compared to a, a Liverpool sort of Champions League final. Um, he's, he's, nothing's going to overawe him. So, yeah, he's obviously a very impressive person. Yeah, because I think when it comes to, um, you know, th- getting somebody of his ilk everywhere he's gone, even even when he went to Chelsea, uh, you know, you, you think he's, he's going to 
you know, if living in Liverpool, he would go wandering. He would he wouldn't go to the top clubs. But when he goes there, you know, he takes things very very personally. Even when he was given, you know, barked by the Chelsea fans for his association with um, with Liverpool. You know, he, that, that's the reason he came out, wasn't it? And he and he says, you know, um, I'm I'm only staying at the end of the season. And then you can get back to what you want to do. I think um, probably the the most important thing for Newcastle. We've never really had a way to play week in and week out. Um, I think, like even in the Premier League, Tom, when you when you when you when you when you saw us, there was mm. never really a game plan, was there? Like you know, you, you never you never knew what you're going to get. And I think the way that he's he's come in and the way that he wants to do things, he's basically saying, okay, from now on in, the team is going to play this way and that way. Like I suppose when you uh, met, you said you met uh, Dwight Gill or uh, Matt no, Ritchie. Ritchie in pre-season, yeah. What was your thoughts on him? Because he, you know, he seems to be a, a bit of a favourite with Newcastle. And he he gets that byline, puts it in, and mm. uh, th- there's trouble for uh, the defenders. And as well, obviously, he's affected Scotland, the national team as well. Mm. Well, I've interviewed Richie a few times, going way back to um, the first year I got this particular role of the football league reporter. I um, I interviewed him at Bournemouth when most people probably didn't know much about him or, or Bournemouth. It was quite early on in in that season that <clears throat> they ended up winning the league. Um, and I spoke to him for, for for ages, really, and we talked about lots of different things. By his own by his own admission, um, he's 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 not the most. <laughs> I think he described himself as quite boring when I was sort of asking about you know what he likes to do outside of uh, outside of the game. He's a big big. I know he likes his cycling, but he he's just a he's just one of those de- dedicated professionals um, who. I, I still am very surprised that he that Newcastle managed to get him. I'm not saying that Bournemouth are a bigger club than Newcastle. Um, Obviously, size of the club, the history, the fans. Newcastle are a bigger club in in the sort of um, spectrum of, of of English football. But um, but in in the sheer sort of sense of moving from the, dropping down from the Premier League to the Championship, when he's worked so hard to finally get to the Premier League, I thought he did pretty well at Bournemouth last year. Um, you know, particularly at the start when he scored. I think it was Sunderland where he scored that wonder goal. So yeah, that, I mean, I suppose he got a five-year contract. So that was. Um, you know, that's something to do with it, but um, but nonetheless, yeah, for me, the best signing of any EFL club, uh, as we call it now, uh, in the summer. Uh, he's he's just the kind of player who who Newcastle have been crying out for. I think uh, I think you know, look at someone like Sissoko, one of the most frustrating players you can you can ever watch mm. because you saw him. We all saw him in the in the, the the Euros final, and he was just outstanding. No one ever denies his. His quality, he's got fantastic quality, and you and and to be honest, I expect it probably to happen more from him at Tottenham with better players than it has at Newcastle. But the amount of times he went missing uh, last season and just didn't really show any any fight, which is what the team lacked. The team didn't lack quality, although it could have done with more goals and obviously struggled at the back. But in terms of technical ability, it didn't. It it, it had enough quality in that sense, but it lacked it lacked heart, it lacked fight, and I think Sissoko was almost. A symbol of that, whereas mm. Richie is is almost the opposite. You every week he'll he'll work really really hard, but it's not just that the the sort of output you'll get from him. The season when Ch- uh, Bournemouth went up, he didn't win Player of the Year, but he should have done. Definitely was in my mind. I think Patrick Bamford won it in the end. But he had 15 goals, 18 assists. I mean, just those sheer numbers alone just shows you what you're getting in a player like that. But um, it's just his con- level of consistency. He's exactly what Newcastle need. They need. They need consistent performers. And when I when I went to interview him before the season started, um, you know, 
I personally think Newcastle are going to going to win this league, and I think they'll do it quite comfortably. Um, but obviously, a lot of people were saying that, and he was saying, "Look, yes, obviously promotion is the target, but it's going to be difficult. Um, it's going to be a lot harder than people think." So he he's also got that sort of he's got a he, he's got an experienced and uh, from from his time in the football league, but also he's got a, quite a, a canny head on him. He knows what he know, he understands the situation that Newcastle find themselves in. He realizes that they're uh, that they're, they're going to be there to be shot at by every club. They've got a better squad than everybody else, really. But as we saw at the weekend, every time anyone comes to St James's Park, it's it's a cliche, but it is like an final for them. So they're not, not going to have it all their own way. And uh, to have someone like that, to have someone who's a realist as well as having genuine quality and consistency is is makes for me exciting they could have been. Uh, uh, what's your what's Ooh. your take on that, uh, uh, well, Neil? Total contrast to Sissoko, really, isn't it? It's, it's mm. someone who's got all the drive and desire and the professionalism to make the most of the ability he has and probably perform above the level of the ability he has in relative terms. Whereas you, you, you see Sissoko, I, I watched a, a little of Tottenham Sun, uh, Sunderland yesterday um, to see the Musa Sissoko that I'm thinking, yep, yeah, well, 30 million, thanks, that's great. Because we've seen that, you know, you you, you talk about the, the 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 team that got relegated lacking um, that drive, that passion. That they certainly weren't short of quality. I find it interesting to find Daryl Yanmat making his mouth go in the papers today, yeah, telling me why we got relegated. Well, I'll tell you why, Daryl. Daryl, because we didn't play well enough. We lost a lot of games, many of which you played, and some of which you made yourself unavailable for by getting yourself sent off. So don't huh. tell us how, why we got relegated. We think we know fine well. Um, and I think, that again, that's part of the culture that's sort of permeated through the club. Uh, and not having pros like Richie around will change. And I, and I think, I suspect Rafa's been signing players as much on character as ability. Um, you know, looking at the whole package, uh, when you look at some of the signings he's made. Um, mm, and I, and yeah. I find it interesting as well that the Bournemouth fans seem to be up in arms when Richie left. It really yeah, wouldn't that's happen a, at all. Yeah, character, character. That's a key key point. Because I think I think I think most effective people would would probably say Sissoko on his day. Well, clearly, I, I don't ever think Matt Ritchie and, would and get to a Euros final and perform like that. Sissoko's clearly, you know, on talent is the better player. But it doesn't matter if they don't, if they don't show it. And you know, if you're not going to play well, you've got to at least show some passion and some drive. And that's what you know with Richie that he will he will definitely that 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 comes as a bare minimum. But also he will have a far more consistent level than uh, you know much better to have someone who performs at seven out of ten all season long than someone who gives you a nine out of ten once and a four out of ten you know sort of half the season. I, I would say. No, agreed. I mean, uh, I, I think it's um, very very significant to to, to compare the two together in that, that way and when you look at what Richie's come in and done so far and you can see there's more to come I think he mm. gets a, a good consistent run in that team um, I suspect any anybody who's playing in front of him or alongside him is going to be saying yeah get the ball and I mean that, that the ball he made um, the, the pass he made for was Perez. It the, mm. for Perez yeah I mean mm. that's a quality ball and that's the kind mm. of early ball we've been crying out for. That's a Sissoko just would deliver on occasion. And I think that's the, the recurring frustration with Sissoko from the Newcastle United supporters' point of view. Wasn't that we thought he was rubbish? Mm. Quite the mm. opposite. We knew how good he could be. 
because yeah. we're seeing it in all too little flashes. And you'd get one of those flashes, and you think, great, this is the player we want, and he wouldn't wouldn't appear again for another five games. And that's what drove us mad about him. Not because we think he's rubbish per se. It's fact it's quite the opposite. We're quite angry because we know he's got all the talent in the world if he wants. That debut mm. where he beasted Ashley Cole. Absolutely mm. beasted yeah. the lad. It tore him to shreds. At the time when he was a full international and nobody could shift him from a fullback. And everybody's like, who on earth is this that we've signed? Um, and we just didn't see enough of that, and that's what frustrated the life out of with him. Not that we think he's a rubbish player. Yeah, that's that's completely spot on. That's just just yeah, that was his main main issue. And you know, good luck to him at Tottenham. He, I think he, I think he is one of those players who will play better with better players. I mean, a lot of players say that, but you know, a lot of people say that about lots of different players. But some people freeze when they go to a, a higher level. And you know, let's be honest. I'm not saying. Again, historically or, or size of club, that Tottenham are a bigger club than Newcastle. But they, in terms of quality of players, no one's saying that they're not. They're obviously on, a, on another level. Um, but uh, I don't think, when it comes down to it, Newcastle fans are going to miss Musa Sissoko and they'll much rather have the £30 million to spend on, on more players. If they can get three Richies out of him, then, uh, then that, won't, that won't really be a problem at all, really, for them. Yeah, the, the interesting thing I found was um, you could tell, even though we lost on, on Saturday, even the press conference I saw of Rafa Benitez, it's definitely hurt him because he's come up with a quote, um, you'd rather be the thing of the of the mouse. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw it tonight, I was, like, I was trying to understand. I understand what he's, he's coming from because he, he wants to, he wants Newcastle to to play with passion, to, to play with a, um, you know, to, to get past, you know, get past all the teams that are in their wake, but I think with if with anything, it it takes time and like his philosophy at, at um, in Liverpool and the the other club he's gone to, he comes across that he's a man that um, you know once he has something in his mind and the way he wants to play the game, he definitely wants you to buy into it. I think um, probably with Kabai and Sissoko, they had a private ar- arrangement with Mike Ashley. Who they probably went directly to, considering considering that obviously Rafa came in late last season. Tom, it, it, I think um, the days of players going to the chairman, um, mm. which is quite funny, isn't it? When you watch Mike Ashley, he's 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 always wanted to be a standoffish owner anyway, and then when he comes on TV, and then on on his other job, uh, it just shows mm. you what type of person you're having to deal with. When you know he, he can't, he can't seem to handle himself very well in the public arena with his own company. Yeah. And it is, you know, for me, it's like we, we in a way we want to see what he's like fundamentally, the character we're talking about. And then he says things in front of press. Uh, what's what's the press's view of, of of Mike Ashley? Because it's people try and say, well, you know, he's doing the right thing with Newcastle, but it's to me even now it's still a a marriage not made in heaven by a long, long choke? Um, I think ships almost sailed on, on Mike Ashley media-wise. We've tried for such a long time. Um, not me personally, because I probably came came to it after, you know, well after it was never a chance of speaking to him, if you know what I mean. But yeah. um, it's been such a long time that people have tried. Uh, you know, I think, uh, was it Simon Bird at the Mirror? He's, he's yeah. been at... Um, at the AGMs of Sports Street. You know, other people have as well, and everything gets shut down. I know he did that Sky Sports 
uh, interview ahead of was it was it the Spurs game or one of the games towards the end of last season? Um, you know, was it last season or the season? Before? No, season before West that. West Ham game was it the last the last game. Yeah. Of the season oh where yeah, where Jonas scored the goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So obviously he did that, um, but then where he hasn't sort of been really seen since. And then obviously we all we all saw the wads of gash and things like that at uh, on on the pictures from uh, his his time at Sports Direct recently. But I mean, I don't know about players having a direct um, sort of going straight to the get straight to the chairman um, when you're mentioning Kabai and, and Tissoko. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. But one thing I can say is, regardless of Mike Astley, um, I wasn't at the game on Saturday, I only saw the highlights, but I was, I was at Loftus Road on Tuesday and obviously it was, it was an amazing performance. It was the most one-sided performance I've ever seen by Did any team. Did uh, I think they gave up in the second half, yeah, but they didn't in the first half. They just couldn't get a kick. They're just no, nowhere near. Newcastle's tactics was, was so good, and the players were so good. But the point I'm trying to make is, you know, I think it was 3,005 uh, Newcastle fans came to the game. It's not a, you know, that's not a, a strange thing. Obviously, Newcastle fans go to, go to every game en masse, pretty much. But the loving for both Rafa, for the team, um, you know, from the fans, the, the chanting, obviously you're winning, so that does make a, a bit, uh, obviously it helps and having a yeah. fantastic performance like that. But it feels like the first time in ages that there's been some real good feeling at, at Newcastle. And, and wow, I mean, they've, they've needed it for such a long time. It's just been, you know, even under the Pardew years when, it was, when they were doing well, I don't think there was ever as much love for uh, for the manager and for the situation as there is right now. And it's a funny thing, it really, because they're obviously in the championship but I think everyone sort of knew that Newcastle needed a, a reboot so to speak and so I think everyone's on board I just don't know really what happened on the weekend because again I wasn't there but from all, all reports it sounds like Newcastle got played off the park by a team that just lost 4-0 at home to Barnsley so maybe someone who watched the game can can uh, can let me know but um, just really going, I mean, really. Yeah. yeah they never got going I think um, you know there, there wasn't many chances like the Late in the game, I think Mitrovic was through, and um, you know you, that, that's the thing, isn't it? You, you, in results like this, they, they well, you know, in this league, anything can happen. It's it's not like the Premier League where it's exciting because it's not exciting. Probably watching Newcastle win, obviously Newcastle winning six 0 against QPR, and it was end to end stuff, great stuff. But um, when it's in this league. I personally, I I can't. I don't like it. I don't like watching it. Um, you know that really and truly, when it comes to the the coverage, they should have Newcastle on every week because mm. the, you know there's some some of these games that it's like watching. It's like me getting a banana and eating it. That's how that's how I feel <laughs> about. That's that's how I feel well. about. But like you know, who's going to? Who, obviously, the people are saying like Villa when once they get going. Well, um, just I'm, talking about that, I was I went to Ipswich Villa at the weekend and that was nil nil. So that was that was definitely. I think I would have rather watched you eating banana than watch that game. <laughs> but um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's quite fair. I think one of the things is is that Newcastle having what it's not just that QPR performance. It's it's the quality of the players in the squad and the Rafa factor is. I know they're not going to win every game, but I think compared to your average championship season, kind of like when they were back in the division last time around. Mm-hmm. But I, I really do expect them to, to, to start, start running away with it. I think, I think what's going to happen, though, obviously the, the team are going to take a while for, for, mm-hmm. to, to, to completely gel, but 
Um, I think away from home they'll be they'll be stronger for for a while than maybe at home. I, I interviewed uh, a player called Aaron Moy, he plays for Huddersfield, an Aussie mm-hmm. guy who had a, he scored a crack against Leeds the other day. He's one of the he's on loan from Man City, um, and um, and he's probably someone that a lot of play, a lot of people haven't heard of, but I think he might you might do soon. Um, but anyway, he played in the Huddersfield game where obviously Newcastle lost two one at home, and I was asking him about it, you know, and he was saying, yeah, best best atmosphere I've ever played in, but. I said, you know, did it did it feel like the crowd not starting to get a game, uh, uh, you know, on the on the players' backs? But did the player did it feel like when you were playing against them that the players started to feel the pressure? And he said, yeah, absolutely, that's exactly what happened. Um, obviously, they'd lost to Fulham, and, and and this would be you know second at that point. They hadn't got any points on the board, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a similar kind of situation with Wolves. It's not the fans getting them on their backs like maybe they have in the past, but still. The weight of expectation on, um, on on some of the players is going to take a little getting used to, and perhaps away from home, like we saw at QPR, Bristol City. Um, uh, who else did they play away from home? Yeah. Um, well, you're, you're going to see more performances like that, perhaps, before we really start seeing them um, do the same thing to teams at home. Yeah, I was going to get on to the fact that um, uh, brings me nicely to that, but um, when it comes to the rotation, all mm. Newcastle fans that I know and on social media, uh, what, what's your thoughts on it, uh, Neil? As well, um, obviously Tom can answer it first. But mm. when it comes to rotation, I'm on board with it. But um, I think when it, the, the problem is the one player who in that team gets obviously more stick than anybody is Paul Dummett, but he's not a left back, and you can almost sense that when Lamar Lazar is up and running and uh, uh, what's his, the other guy's name? Gamage or um, I can't remember his name. Gamage. Yeah, Gamage. Uh, yeah, he. Um, you know, you can imagine that. You know, this this is the trouble. Is it too much rotation that could be could be a problem go- going forward? Uh, Tom, then Neil. Um, I think it's one of those easy things for both the media and for fans to point out when it goes wrong. Um, I would say, having watched Burnley last year a lot. They are a club that stuck with the same team pretty much every every week, and that continuity really really paid off. I think they went they lost uh, in the championship this season. Obviously, they've lost this season, but they lost on Boxing Day, and they stayed unbeaten for the rest of the season. Um, they obviously, you can't you can't play the same team every week because there's so many matches. Mm-hmm. But it really worked for them. Um, and then you look at a club like Derby. They've got so many players. They've just got too many players. They've got too many good players, and the, none of their none of their players can get sort of any continuity because they keep changing it every week. Um, but it doesn't mean that sort of changing it is doesn't doesn't work. I just think, as I said, I think it's just an easy thing when it goes wrong to to sort of point at. Um, I would call Dummett. Um, that's an interesting one because obviously I'm not I'm not a Geordie, as you can tell, yeah. and being an impartial observer. I wouldn't really sort of look at him and think there's the problem. He's just, you know, and you wouldn't normally with a fullback anyway. I'd be, I'd be more inclined to Vernon Inter playing out of position at fullback. I do wonder if someone like Dummett, just because he's come through the ranks, which normally most 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 fans would find, but actually often the way it works is that when they're not playing in the first team, you know, championing the youth team players because everyone likes a good youth team player to come through. Mm-hmm. Then when they establish themselves as a first team player, um, if they're not you know, performing 10 out of 10 every week, mm-hmm. they often become the, the target for 
the, the fans boys. wrath, yeah. if you know what I mean. But so I don't really think Paul Dummett's the problem at all. I mean, obviously that new player Lazar we haven't seen yet. Mm. Um, obviously comes with a quite a reputation, but coming over to the Championship for any foreign player is going to take a while to get used to it. So I wouldn't expect him to be walking straight into the first team. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know really. I mean, wh- I, again, I didn't see the game at the mm. weekend, but I know how well the likes of John Joe Shelby in particular played at QPR and he obviously kept his place uh, despite the referee's sort of rotation policy again at the weekend and and Richie and Perez whether they were sort of looking a bit more tired um, because of it I I don't know I didn't didn't see the game so I'm not Mm. sure Neil, we'll, we'll talk well, about rotation, and we'll obviously I, I knew that I, I saw a bit of the game, so I knew Perez was a waste of space. But anyway, carry on, Neil. <laughs> well, I, th- I think when it comes to rotation in the in the game at the minute, there's, there's, you've got to go one of two ways. This is just my opinion. You've either got to do what um, Tom Wright says about Burnley, then try and stick with your best team all the time and play them consistency and develop a consistency amongst what, that squad, or you have enough of a squad to rotate almost constantly to keep players fresh and get players used to playing with different groups of players and make almost rotation the norm. It's when it becomes neither one nor the other that it disrupts. And I think that's mm. kind of what we become in danger of becoming with the changes he made. I'd, I'd, uh, to be honest, though, Benitez cannot win. If he, if he doesn't change it and we lose... Why didn't you put fresh players on? If he does change it and we we'll lose, oh, well, it's because you rotated it. So it, it, yeah, a manager's not in a, particularly any kind of a win situation there at all. Mm. With regards to Paul Dummett, I, I think everybody's been very harsh on them, but I think as a crowd, I think we've never replaced Frank bloody Clark in my heads, have we? <laughs> we, we? We seem to have been on the backs of left backs since the mid, mid-80s to me. I, I kind of think of a left back who hasn't had the crowd on his back at some stage, and, and, and from our crowd throughout, I reckon going back to certainly the most of the time I've been going to watch your games. You know, um, there always seems to be the left back seems to be the scapegoat, um, and I don't think he's actually as bad as everybody says. I think if you look at the statistics, which I know you can make statistics say whatever you want, really. I, I think well, win percentage with him in the team is actually better than you think. I think he's one of the quickest players. I think also, if you look at these stats about ground coverage, he's one of the players that covers the most ground in a game. And that's why managers like him. He's a grafter and you need grafters. It's the old water carrier situation, isn't it? Mm. Um, I think yeah. I think Lazar's been brought in in mind. I think if you look at the, the full preferred fullback pairing for Benitez, maybe Yedlin and, and Lazar, and they're two very similar fullbacks in terms of that pacey that can get forward that could potentially play as wing-backs if that's a way he wants to go, or they could even play as wide midfielders in front of another full-back. So I think Mm. that's the way I suspect in the long term he wants to set up, and they're the two he has in mind to be his right and left-back combination eventually. But again, as Tom Wright, he says, you're sticking a young, um, I think he's Moroccan, isn't he? Lad Mm. in it left full-back in your classic wet Wednesday night at Huddersfield or what have you, it's not necess- it's, it's certainly not the, not the Casbah, that's for bloody sure. Um, and and it, some of them will sink and some of them will swim and they've got to be, be brought in gently. At least Yedlin has an experience of the English game per se. Um, but he's coming in from, from Palermo, which I know, okay, he's coming in 
in terms of uh, the tackling can be a bit tasty in the Italian league, but it's, it is not the same. It's very much not the same in terms of physicality either. Um, and, and I wouldn't underestimate the use of Paul Dummett in the, in the squad as, as it is. I think I think we seem to have this thing about left-backs in Newcastle United, and I find it quite <laughs> puzzling. I just, I just think, as, as I said, an impar- as an impartial uh, observer, and I, I do watch them a lot. I mean, I've seen them three times already. haven't watched them at St. James's yet, but I saw the Fulham game, Bristol City I went to, and uh, QPR. Uh, I'll be up at the Norwich game. Uh, I'm watching Villa as well, um, the Saturday games. So, I've, I've, you know, I'm watching them a lot. I just, you know, to say Paul Dommett's the problem, I'd just be like, well, I, I didn't even... I haven't even noticed him. Perhaps he's not well, standing he's, he's out. But yeah, he was attacked. It, I think on social media, a lot of people, because he was getting the ball, he's out wide, and he was taking extra touch, and he mm. it looked uh, it was he was getting a bit of stick because he. But you know he's not a left back, and that's the thing, isn't it? You want I think with the fact that we we want to use as much space as pace as possible, you'll you'll always mm. get a hundred percent from Paul Dummett. I think um, the the issue is always going to be because he's been put in there. Let's be honest, right, you know, the biggest pleb in the world in Alan Pardew, he tried to buy him back for, for five million after calling him names after after calling him names um saying oh he the one player we wanted to get at was uh, Paul Dummett when, when we got when we when we got hammered five one at Palace last season. So um, you know, he, he's obviously that's the thing is with Paul Dummett you'll get hundred and ten percent. That's 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 the great thing about it. that's why I like him. And again, he does get to his stick, but social media gets destroyed. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd agree that I think he probably is more of a centre-back, but can't see how he's ever going to get game there now after the signings that they've made um, at centre-back. So I think he will be definitely more of a left-back. Uh, I, I, you know, look, just looking at the team, um, my sort of, I suppose, analysis of, of what I've seen so far, I, I think Richie is a much, much better on the right wing than a left winger, um, even though he's left-footed. He's always been very good out there. Or having said that, he was very good against QPR, and and you obviously mentioned that that fantastic cross he put in for um for Perez uh, Perez's first. And don't don't forget the goal that um, Mitrovic set up for Shelby all started from a very quick thinking throw from Richie as well. Um, but uh, Richie really had a great combination with, in the championship at least with a, a guy called Simon Francis, who who really is a right back but played a lot, been playing a lot of centre back for for Bournemouth. Um, in the Premier League, um, so you want. I think that that's a that's a sort of that kind of goes against the, the the sort of rotation argument. Is is what I really liked about Richie and Francis is they had an almost telepathic combination down that right flank for, for for Bournemouth. And actually, Bournemouth are a bit like Burnley as well. They very rarely rotated, at least in the Championship. Had a lot of sort of partnerships all over the pitch. Um, you know, which is obviously over the years Neville and Beckham being prime example that often works and you won't get that with this rotation but I think it's a really good point that um, Neil makes about you either do one or the other and if they are used to being rotated every week then 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 they can't you know then that's what they that's what they'll get used to and you can't really use that anymore uh, as a sort of as a, as a problem every time they lose uh, I think Shelby is starting to look like the player that we all all know he could be with, with you know six caps for England I would say you know Celebrating like he's he's the um, you know the best player in the world after scoring mm. at QPR in the championship. You think I think he needs to do a little bit more than that before uh, mm. before we start you know getting completely on side with him again um, uh, as fa- you know fans and and also the media hoping you know the best English players sort of produce the best that they can. I, I don't think I think Ayose Perez is still a bit of a problem for um, yeah, Rafa Benitez because I I think he's um, I think he's one of the most talented players in that squad. 
but he doesn't really have a position. I actually thought mm, he was fantastic yeah. at QPR, mm. um, but it seems no, that Rafa, no, despite having four strikers, wants to play with one centre-forward. I'm sure that will change, and at, time, at times in QPR, against QPR, Mitrovic and Perez did kind of play two up front, but in the main he was playing, I suppose, in a number 10 position. But um, I think from what I've seen, again, so far, I have only watched away games, to be fair, but that mm. the army sort of fits that role a bit better than Perez does. And I just think, I'm just not really sure how he's going to fit in long term. But then if it's a rotation and it's a different team every week, all players will fit in at some point, I suppose. Um, I love the signing of, um, of, of the army in particular. And I suppose Daryl Murphy, not that we've seen him, uh, you know, a lot of Newcastle fans won't know much about him. They'll probably, on paper, think 33-year-old. Um, I read three million, which, to be honest, would be quite a lot of money. I would have thought. But what I thought Newcastle really lacked at Fulham was physicality up top. They really, really lacked it. They might, might have been unlucky not to get a penalty or two, and maybe Fulham. You know, I'm not saying Fulham deserved to win, but Newcastle definitely deserved didn't deserve to win either. They really struggled uh, up top mm. physically, and so to to sort of. Uh, and I almost wonder if Rafa straight away looked at that and thought, right, I do need more up here. Obviously, Mitrovic was suspended at the time, mm. but uh, he sort of definitely uh, addressed that with the army, um, bringing a physical presence at a sort of number 10 position, and he can play further back. And when Murphy comes in, I don't think he's going to set the world alight, and if Newcastle go up, I'm not really thinking he's going to be a long-term player, even though he's got two-year contract. Yeah. Um, but I still think he, he could be a very very useful signing for, for them, when particularly when Mitrovic will no doubt get suspended at some point. In the season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure having you on. I know it's your day off today, Tom, but you've been Thank an absolute it. diamond. We'll, def- we'll get right. you on again. I'll talk to you more anyway when, when the show has ended. I'll, I'll send you a message. But you've been absolutely perfection and I'll uh, pin this as well and you'll see me promoting the fact that you've been on tonight. But you've been an absolute no pleasure. And thanks very Enjoy much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. All good. Thanks, thanks, thanks so much. Cheers. Cheers, Bye now. Bye. Great, eh? Great. Back when you get the journals yeah, on and you know, let, them, let them run with it. It's great, man. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, we've got to bring in my next guest who hasn't been on for a while. It's Susan <laughs> Snowden, Newcastle United fan. Always brings the funny, does Susan? Hi, Susan. How are you? Hi, darling. How are you? I'm all right. Not too bad. Neil's in the studio as well. So tell mm-hmm. me, rotation, rotation, or no rotation? I think uh, Dummett needs to rotate and walk straight over the time bridge, straight to the stadium of life. I, <laughs> you know how much I loved Williamson? I didn't think I'd win. I could hate anybody as much as Paul Dummett. <laughs> <laughs> in the Army, Mike, I couldn't watch the game, Andrew, for watching those two plunkers on Saturday. I was up. Honestly, I think, how the hell have they got a job? But... Anyway, <laughs> they ruined the game. <laughs> the thing is, you, that's a problem, isn't it? It's you know, you could tell even in the commentary that it was, uh, you know, we didn't do anything really. Um, they they just seemed to have a game plan, and you know, mm-hmm. I've never been a fan. Every time Newcastle play Wolves, we never really do that well. Anyway, the fact that they've been taken over by uh, uh, obviously uh, another, they've got a foreign owner. Uh, they bought in a few players and bought that many in, but um, it's every time the Newcastle are going to rock up at St James's Park, it's never going to be a walkover. It's, it's always yeah. they're always going to give everything, and uh, the fact that we like it, but it was funny, wasn't it? We, we go to QPR, 
play like world beaters, Susan, and then mm-hmm. we come back there and it's a nice sunny day and everybody's happy, happy Larry, and then, you know, we we don't create anything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you would think um, that you would make changes straight away. Like, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, he hasn't brought Mo- Murphy in yet, but I, we're playing tomorrow night, Susan, are we? So um, it's going to well, be... Well, turn up tomorrow night. I mean, yeah. it, was, it just seemed like they were in a pack of wolves. They were, like, going forward in 10, coming back in 10, and we were just passing to Richie, running down the side, and every time they got the ball, it was we got the ball, we were just doing the same. We didn't change the play to match. Um, you know, with the way that they were playing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that Diarmi is just like an overweight shoulder. He was just <laughs> jogging up that pitch like an injured donkey. And I thought, I cannot see him like setting the world on fire. Between him and Dummett, honestly, I've been in a right settle until the day. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, what was 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 the criticism of um, Dummett? What I've just said, he got the when he when he gets uh, when he gets the ball, he he, he doesn't really. He doesn't um, want he t- it. He took a touch. He took a touch. Or no. It, seemed... it just seems like he hovers about like an injured donkey. He gets the ball. He passes it away. And then there was a couple of occasions, because I was glaring at him. You know, you could see the fire coming out of my eyes. He passed the ball, and then they passed it back. And he wasn't even ready for it. It was just like, get it off my shoe. Get it away. Oh, oh, there's the ball coming back. What do I do? Oh, kick it out to the side. But all he does is an absolute knacker. First class. And... Um, I would tell him if I could if I could bear to see him. But I, I just feel that um the army up front or wherever he was mm. and um and him at the back and nobody changing. I don't know if they should have thought to change the play or the, the, the manager should have changed it. But it was just like on auto repeat every time they got the ball. They were just going the same way and doing the same thing, and I thought, this is a waste of time. So I'm not going tomorrow night, first time in 40 years. I'm not going to a cup game tomorrow. Well, why should I? Do you know what I mean? I just thought... It is hard to watch, isn't it? It I think when... when That's the thing, it's... You know, you're getting 50,000 going there on average. And I've I've said it from day one to Neil, it's going to be an absolute grind. And the fact... You know, you've got to go there and watch... You know, because it is—it's a—it's a very, very substantial drop in quality of play, and I'm surprised. It, and obviously, don't play it so bad because you know he's used to playing there, isn't he? You know, he's been. Let's be honest—he's—he's he's playing every single week. So the fact that they're under pressure—well, they are going to be under pressure because yeah. teams are going to teams are going to go either do one thing: they'll wait, they'll wait, they'll wait, or they'll stay, or they'll put ten men behind the ball. Mm-hmm. Will the wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Three times will the wait. But I think this league is fast league, like the Premiership is a slower league. And you've got a lot of fast players and, you know, we've got a lot of slow little donkeys. I mean, I was a bit disappointed when Anita went off because he, he put his pennies worth in. He's, you know, he was up, up and down the pitch. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day... It's one game. You cannot go out every game, every yeah. day and play good. Do you know what I mean? But as I work at the job centre, I'm out there looking for players now, <laughs> <laughs> trying to recruit. <laughs> you know, the one player I'm surprised nobody's gone for, especially in that league, is Adebayo. 
um, because we've, I think because we've got Murphy, we've got Mitrovic, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. a short-term measure to the end of the season, uh, mm-hmm. at least bring somebody in that can, you know, work, you know, even for half an hour a game just to see what he's like. Um, yeah. What was your considering we, how well we played on um, on Tuesday? Mm-hmm. How, how what, what surprised you with the, the team and how they how they started the game? Um, because it didn't sound, seem like they had any pressure on them whatsoever. Well, the thing is, when you've watched the Premiership, you get to know, you know, the teams and how they play and the players and their style. We're seeing a lot of players and teams that were having so. Do you know what I mean? So you don't know what's coming at you, really. That's the thing. Um, and it just seems like we didn't have a, a plan B, um, which, it, which is a shame. Do you know what I mean? But... I hope they wouldn't get the massage today. I hope they were getting a good whipping. And I would have sat dub it down in front of the telly and played it to him for 24 hours. Look how bad you are. Because it's not just about... Honestly, it's not just about bringing people in. You've got to look at what we've got and think, what the hell are they, the they doing? Do you know what I mean? I'd sit there and go, watch you. This has been this year. This has been last year. You know what I mean? Do you honestly think you're a defender? Do you think you're a footballer? Oh look, you've got his right head up now. <laughs> Neil, jump, jump in. What do you what do you what's your thoughts on doing? Because I think on the the subs bench they couldn't really change it too much. I think. Well, there was plenty on the bench to change stuff around. Um, you've had Clark play at left fullback, so if you yeah. want to try somebody else at left fullback, why not drop Clark out there? But that's not his position either. He's not a fullback. He's less of a fullback. I would suggest than Dummett. You keep saying Dummett's not a fullback. He is a fullback, man. He's played most of his career there. I think he performs better at centre back, personally. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he, he is what he is. Um, it's a difficult one because I, I genuinely think we're very, very harsh on him. I think he gets cut no slack whatsoever. You can't blame that performance entirely and it's squarely at his door. And equally, you know, I mean. Obviously, I've got to go off the scant highlights I've seen and feedback from talking to people who were there. Um, and, and it sounds like there was a distinct lack of energy and drive in the first 20 minutes that just basically just never got off the ground. Uh, you're going to get results like that in this division, and particularly if we get a little bit complacent on the back of that pump that we gave QPR, which was just on another, another level, and everybody who's seen it keeps coming back with the same response. You know, um, and I think if anything else, what we've got to do is come up with this result and say, okay, we've got what? Backside's kicked in a little bit of a wake-up call with the first two games. This is the next wake-up call that we're using, we've got to turn that into a positive. There's loads of football to play yet. Mm. Um, so we're getting we're getting very, very head up about something. Mm. It's it, such a stage in the season that actually um, results meant that was, we're not you know it's not as if we're languishing at the bottom of the, of the table or anything like that we're, we're still second there's still points on the board and there's plenty more to play for yeah it's a I long, long seen, old season I would have loved to have seen Susan get up there and like lose her temper and shout at him properly <laughs> well <laughs> hey it's never I haven't said to his face believe it <laughs> but I think yes I've been there 40 years home and away I'm used to you know bad seasons bad games whatever it was just the lack, I think, apart from Richie and Anita, um, the lack of trying. You know, I didn't even realise oh. Mitrovic was on the pitch. He was just there non-existent. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think he was swamped within about seven or eight of their players. 
because they literally just the whole team went forward and back, you know, mm. um, and we were just up the middle, just so it was easy for them to get the ball. So what do you but think then about? Again, mm. what, what do I think about what? Well, what's, what, give me a score for tomorrow before I bring in Keith, my new. Yeah, well, you can it, can you? Do you know? Oh, you're bringing a Warren. <laughs> oh, honestly, the show's going down. Sorry, I've been busy scouting. <laughs> Do you know where it is? I've got no idea because I've never seen um, Newcastle play. Do you know when Arsenal used to have all their defence and just play mm. defensive? It reminded yeah. us of that yesterday. Um, mm. Oh, God, Saturday. Mm. Um, it reminded us of that, and I, jo- I don't think that we're that type of team that can... No play against that that so um as much as my heart would like to say um yes we'll win tomorrow um god knows i don't think so don't think so yeah cause I'm, I'm, that's one thing i'm no. worried about is that you they, they basically made us they allowed us to do nothing and then you got a cup game but he'll probably bring a few players in so we'll probably needs uh, just a bit more mm. energy and we could actually get at them but uh, mm-hmm. you, you think we'll go out? Because we are at home, but uh, do you think we'll go out of the cup? Um, if they play like that against them again tomorrow night, yeah, I would say, I would say yes. Uh-huh. Okay. So well, anyway, we'll, we'll wait until next we'll Monday see. to see what happens. Okay, we'll, Andrew? We'll try and get you right, back on then. Lo- okay, have a lovely night. Say that. Take care, love. <laughs> always I'll a pleasure. Down. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye now, Susan. Bye now. Cheers. She's always great as Susan. She's fabulous. <laughs> well, I'm going to bring in my next caller, and that is uh, Keith, the, the, the Soul Sun and Fan. Good evening, Keith. How are you? I'm not the Soul Sun and Fan in the world, just on no, your radio we'll, show. Let's correct this. We'll, we'll call this more than one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I tell me. I might, I might be the only one that'll admit the word at the moment. So tell me, what. what, what, what Let's clear up what happened on Sunday because obviously Van Hall, PVA as you call him, um, what was the issue there? Because this is the thing that threatens Sunderland is the fact that stuff's happening which you probably wouldn't see with um, Big Sam, but he he was due to play. I can only guess he was they thought they thought he was some kind of he was injured because you don't take a play out of the team unless he's injured. So tell tell us tell the Sunderland fans what you think. Cause I've got no idea. <laughs> right, well, to be honest, obviously, you, you, again, every week we talk about the press are, are very uh, forthcoming on Twitter and other social media. You, mm-hmm. you get to read what they maybe get uh, released from the club that we don't get first-hand info on, but even they have been given nothing, just purely scraps. Mm-hmm. Fact is, you can see the images. In fact, I pinged the one yourself and uh, yeah. Neil today. Mm-hmm. PVA knew nothing of it. He was out on the training pitch, for God's sake, it was only a few minutes to kick off, so he was warming up. Uh, if he was injured, he wasn't taken anywhere special because he remained on the bench, if you see the footage mm, there. Uh, so he, he didn't appear that he's needing immediate treatment. Uh, my view is, and I've fired this up today on a couple of replies to people, was quite simply, if he did have an injury, and it's nothing untoward, why wouldn't you see what it is? Oh, look, it's precautionary. We've had some results back. So we've spoke the lad and, and that's it. Uh, it it didn't seem to be like consoling the player, saying, oh, look, he's well, well, number one left back and um, we're looking after him and we need to, to save him. So we've took it out of precaution. 
it was like moist seemed to have some sort of like it was like sort of tongue in cheek some reservations about what he was saying and even now nothing's been given out you know 24 hours later if they've had the like time to, to, to scrape a story together you know and, and mm. given an excuse or reason for it they haven't done so so it is still a mystery every week i come on there's always it's like you know the trailers for like the following week at emmerdale east then there's something's going to happen we'll find out next week guys it's sorry it's not on this episode uh i just don't know what it was because it just didn't look like on the cards and not there he was gone he wasn't expecting it he, he wouldn't know if he was injured he wouldn't look so surprised if he was going to, like, you know, if he was a 50-50, uh, you know. You know me, he had that about 11 a.m. if somebody's passed a fitness test, mm-hmm. not 11 minutes before kickoff or whatever it was, uh, you know, hour short. So it's a, still a mystery. Weird, baffled me, and it it re- reinforces what I've said every week. I'm not a Moyes man. I pray every week I'm going to be proved wrong by him. But I think his days of Everton are long gone. He's, he, he didn't reach, like, you know, dizzy heights, but he certainly had them respectable. Mm. Uh, but since then, he's had the stuff and knocked out of them. And I think him included has got the morale at rock bottom, which is if one thing that we have had when we played yourselves in derby mm. games or if we've needed points, which have been classed as six-pointers, we've had a team spirit that's mm. got us through it, even if it hasn't been out-and-out football and skills. So you can look at last Monday night when I was at the Everton game. Disaster of a match. Awful to watch, which you might well spectate and say bloody awful. But normally we would get some help. But we just came out that second half. They had done a couple of changes. Switched um, Balassio over left-hand side and just totally shocked us. Players weren't aware of the changes and all of a sudden we ran amok. 11 minutes, they got goals left, right and centre and could have had more. So, Moises, the manager, he had the players who managed to, okay, not play in style, but they managed to hold it together for 45 minutes and collapsed. Yesterday, held it and, and defended resolutely, never looked like really scoring. Okay, we had a couple of half chances, but um, again, a simple mistake, but we're never going to come back. We need to nick a goal, get ahead and stay ahead at the moment. And Moyes just does not seem to lift that team the team themselves seem to have their heads down and can't be lifted among themselves. So, PVA just adds fuel to that fire. I'm not sure what's happening. It's odd, isn't it, Neil? What's going on there? Like, it's just yeah. like stuff has been stuff, taken out of them. There's all sorts of weirdness going on, and I, I think that the Van Arnholt thing is one of the most curious things I've ever seen on a football pitch. Because uh, mm-hmm. if you look at his reaction, he patently did not know believe he was being pulled off. And he looks shocked. He looks stunned. What mm-hmm. on earth is going down behind the scenes to, to drag that one up? Um, and you, you then look at the performance on the day. I mean, have you seen? You, you'll have seen Jermaine Defoe's heat map for the second half. Two touches. That's it. That, he he got you out of trouble last season. Pretty much mm-hmm. on his own. He, he his goals kept Sunderland up. It's as simple as that. And he had two touches in the second half, and one of them was in the centre circle kicking off. Well, if you have a and look that, about the passes completed from a keeper, you know, there's nothing from the back, the midfield linking up with what front, but, you know, the four on his own, you've, there's got to be a point where you get demoralised as well. If you if you watch him, yeah. he trains as if he's going to be on gladiators, as if he's going to take on all comers. Mm. He's training not to run a heat map like you've just referred to, that technology w- wouldn't be around. You didn't have to follow a heat trace, you could just watch him 
the ball was coming nowhere in the end. And unless he wanted to play right back himself or left back or, or centre mid, he was never going to get the ball. So um, the only thing that you, you would argue in his favour, staying in front, is he's got a hell of a kick on him, Pickford, and he can pick players out. So, you know, that would be what only hope we're getting a goal. Horrendous style of football that is, but, you know, long ball and bang. If we haven't got the players to make it, create from the back, that was the only chance he's got. But I think... Um, Team spirit is, is what's lacking down there for whatever reason. And I know we lost a few players, but we haven't lost all of them. You've still got a core of players. You've still got the seasoned pros like O'Shea still there. They're not currently getting his game. You've got Catamol just come back in. Kirchhoff, class player. You know, we've, we've got the makings of a team there. Van Arnhold, okay, he wasn't present yesterday for the reasons of just still not found out. Mm-hmm. But he, he has been in my team for the last four or five games. So he's experienced from the relegation battle and he's normally up for it. Uh, we've got enough going on there, mm. uh, even with the new players coming in, but it just didn't show. So the new guys are just going to be picked up, this sense of negativity. And I know as a Newcastle fan, you'll be enjoying every moment. But for us, I think it is bizarre. And I think, well, last week, I, I think I predicted, OK, I was hopeful for would next point. And it was still looking on the cards at half-time, but was so easily dismantled and team spirit could actually have, have stopped that, or team spirit can get your goal back and get back to level uh, once we're letting the goal in. It like, seems to be a free-for-all, albeit yesterday they didn't take too much advantage, but that was what keeper who was you know, pulling off a couple of worldies are always in the right place at the right time uh, for a young lad as well on his shoulder. No, it's not much fun, and in the, in the words of the old dad's army man, I think we're doomed already, and it's <laughs> September, so yeah, I think we've got a whole lot to do. The manager's got to, got to just look at himself and say, right, mm. I am good at my job, and start kicking some ass, making some changes, making some changes during a match, because you can never tell how an opposition team's going to set up, you know, you've just been battered off wolves there, you know, so it's how you react to, to a team that comes at you. Uh, let's suppose that team is sitting back. You've got to think, where can I break them down? Are they weak on the left or right? That's Moyes' job. It's not a fan like me sitting up in the in the stands uh, shouting down, do this, do that. You know, mine's only opinion. I'm not getting the six-figure salaries. He must be able to do something. Or if one of the guys is disrupted, if he, if he has got a bad apple or if he's fell out with somebody, for God's sake, sideline him. All that people do it and sideline him or, or just actually... Not not saying like like a school board, just you look at you know, you're just not firing all four cylinders I'm gonna sit on the bench when we'll bring you on, you know, get his arm round and motivate motivate a guy and say, You're off but the, the door's still open for you. It, mm-hmm. it just it seems to be not using any managerial tactic other than despair. Mm-hmm. And this is like yeah. you know, September. Yeah, it was it's it's an odd I think it's it, it's surprising because he he's come in and he and you normally he has a, like a fire in his belly, but I think you watched that. I watched that, and I thought, well, they're, they're only one nil down. They've only, you know, they've had lots and lots of chances. But and I thought, well, you know, if any team that can you can get at um, until they properly gel is is Spurs. And I think I, I was just I was surprised. I thought, well, you know, you could see the open arms of each other. Um, uh, you know, what more? I think uh, though, Yanisai is probably. One of the bright sparks, but I, he was making, he was doing okay. But these the passes were, uh, you know, awful. Weren't they? He's trying to put the ball through, and he couldn't get in. You could see Defoe's getting upset, and you know, it's about it's about 
making sure the the team is is one, isn't it? Like breaking the next, like they did last season. This is the problem. So they're going to have it. You know, they they're going to have to get a win and really, really quickly. I think he's gone actually. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that, bring, that brings that brings in my my next guest, um, who's Lee Johnson. I think we lost it. We lost Keith there talking about Sunderland. So uh, you're you're in now, Lee. Good evening. How are you? Hi, how are you, mate? I'm not too bad. I think he was so hopefully, fed up. Hopefully, th- hopefully he's just, hopefully he's just uh, fell through the relegation trap. <laughs> I think he did. He's just called back, actually. Hold on. I'll quickly... Um, Go on, bring him back on. It's fine. Okay. I, I, I haven't heard it, so I, I like listening to the okay. back. I think we lost you there, Keith and Lee's now in the studio. So um, you, you sound like you've, you're completely uh, numb and you, you know what to expect. No, no, um, obviously, Sausage Fingers is just there. Was it me? Well, yeah, well, certainly wasn't me, but there was just me. See, I get the blame, and I haven't done anything. Press the buttons with your little, <laughs> <the buttons> <laughs> little, <laughs> little toffee hammers again. Oh, yeah. Anyway, look at I mean, I'm still never disappointed, you know, God, like your previous caller. She said she's been watching four years, and it does happen. Mm. Uh, for us, all we're going to do is, again, monitor finished off was what well, new point was he has to start doing his work and earning his money and if mm. there is a problem there he's got to resolve it nobody else not me on the terrace not us on a radio show on a Monday night it will mm. be Moyes has to do it or you know God we are a hiring and firing club he will go the way other man do and that's the northeast in general but it's a results game he's not getting them mm. early days he's not sure any signs of where he's going to get them from prove me wrong Mr Moyes and do your stuff if you don't well you know where the door is sooner the better for me taxi for Moyes is my part <laughs> um, realistically I think I've got a, a massive massive mountain to climb here and mm. so early on January mm. can't come quick enough if young man there must be looking at his pre-contact and saying how do I get out of this you know what's that about January he's obviously watched against Everton last week he's probably watched against Spurs yesterday and thinking mm. oh my goodness Feel an injury, you know. He's been in Paddy Van But I things are bad. But on a lighter note, next week, if he is still injured, Patrick sits next, sits next to me in the match. So I say, Patrick, what's, yeah. <laughs> what's been happening with you? Have you been having get, get, with soon? Uh, get with the exclusive, mate. That would be great. Who's oh, coming? Who is it? I'll sit next Patrick. to Van Ornholt at the match. Oh, TV. right, okay. Come on, Andrew, keep up. Joe, I was, he- show. I was listening. Right. Half <laughs> listening. <laughs> yeah, no, the thing I, is, I, the thing is, it's funny, isn't it, Lee, that Newcastle linked heavily uh, with um, David Moyes, and do you think that Sunderland are panicking a bit too quickly? Um, I think Moyes is a decent manager. I think he's been let down massively by the chairman in the summer. Mm-hmm. I think he's been. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I mean obviously the, um, mind you I think the chairman I think the chairman's lot of, <laughs> led a lot of managers down the last four to five years. Some of them have been hovering in that kind of seventeen position for the last four to five years, and I think yeah, I seen someone describing the other day is a um, a pool that it would just basically will not flush, and this Alice Shorts continues to run the um, run them as they are, and they will eventually get flushed out of this league. I think we totally thoroughly deserved our relegation and I think most fans admitted that because Mike Ashley was basically ignoring the first team 
getting on with his day-to-day businesses and making sure Sports Direct was doing well. And ultimately, that, that cost us all. That cost our Premier League states as far as I'm concerned because um, I don't know how many flash bombs it, it took to go off in his head to realise that he had to obviously change his ways. I think he has now, but again, it still resulted in us being in the championship. But if someone get relegated, I don't see it. I don't see a um, quick fix if they get relegated, mind, because I don't see Rafa Benitez in their future. I really don't see somebody um, nailing their colours to the mask. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, mind, um, if Mark Hughes gets the bullet by Stoke and he's summoned manager by the end of November. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, Bruce again? Well, but, I'd be... Oh, Steve I'd Bruce, I so. No, no, I'd, I'd be delayed with Mark Hughes. I've actually mentioned him, and funny enough, when I see the mess that Moyes is in, I only gain a bit of comfort that somebody like... Uh, Hughes who actually rate and store mm-hmm. for lost the tag of being a long ball. He plays the uh, when he can and he, he seems mm-hmm. to attack players. So I, I would love Mark Hughes, um, he would be one of the ones. Uh, back to what I said there, I agree, but Moyes did come in. He, he managed to recognise where we've been previous four years struggling. Uh, and avoiding relegation, so he knew what the club was about, he knew what the chairman was about, he has, I'm pretty pretty certain, I'd be amazed if he had 99.5% certainly spoke to uh, Allardyce, so it's not a shock to Moyes, so Moyes should be actually operating based on what he knew prior to coming in, and what he was told, he's a big lad, he negotiated the deal with Man United, and got told what he can and can't have for money, he would have known exactly, Ellis Short, Okay, his name about selling them short, but realistically, he will have told them what's available. A few weeks into it, there's, there's nothing that would have shocked Moyes. He knew he had a limited budget. He knew the club finances. I just think Moyes is struggling to operate in them conditions. And then Jirabodji, by the way, who I've seen play quite decent football, he's got the makings of a central defender. Yes, he was at fault yesterday, and he's probably in a struggling side. But I wouldn't. I would never see him as eight or eight and a half million, whatever the fee was. And that was Moyes putting that name forward and buying them. And there we go. He's, he's just not ready for the battle just yet. Although he's a cracking little footballer and the making, he's not eight, eight million. And he, you know, he's prone to a mistake. You know, he needs a better defence around him. Now, had Kabul been there, had MV been in front of him, he might have had more chance. But. Uh, Ellis Short, yes, I think he, he's actually wanting to sell it, unlike um, the dogged determination of um, Ashley to keep it up and sell it at a colossal price. Short would sell it if a buyer would come along, so mm-hmm. he does want to get out, I would think, sooner or later. He runs it as a business, but he, he, he told Moyes what he was getting, and Moyes says, yeah, I'll, I'll take that wage and I'll take that responsibility. And I just think he's struggling in it. He's, it's just a job too, too big for him. It's a, it's a massive battle. Allardyce didn't have a lot of money and negotiated better deals and lifted the players. That's where I feel Moyes has fallen short. The chairman's done his stuff now. The chairman pays not a penny more after that window's closed. So it's down to Moyes to to work better than he is. Well, we'll soon see what happens next week, uh, but uh, we'll talk more of that next week. Thanks for coming on. Keith, we'll catch you next week, mate. Oh, it should be good, that one, yeah. It'll be great. Thanks, Keith. Cheers, mate. Take care. Bye-bye. Right. It's, inter- it's interesting, isn't it, Lee, with what's going on there? Because, you know, it's Sunderland. Uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll get we'll get to, to Newcastle. So tell me, what, obviously we had Susan on earlier wanting to kill uh, with a verbal lash um, uh, Paul Dummett. What was your take on a game uh, you thought probably Newcastle would just stroll it? 
Mm, you know what it is, Andrew? I never, ever, 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 I have to say, think Newcastle will just rule it. Mm. Supporters yeah. club now for I don't know how many years. Um, I never go to a match thinking we're going to just stroll it. Mm. I think there was a lot of people who went to the match and just thought we were going to stroll it. And I don't know if that kind of transmitted itself down to the players. Mm. Big thing that I like about the manager, I don't think he let them be complacent. And I would imagine he was absolutely furious after the yeah, game. But what, what could have went wrong on the day did go wrong. I mean, if you look at the two goals, one's an own goal, which Mbemba could have dealt with better. I've seen a pack on the TV and I thought, and I thought he dealt with it really poorly. Second goal is totally, totally, totally avoidable. Perez just gets caught in his own half, two seconds later, the ball's in the back of our net. But I still thought going in the last um, 15, uh, 15 to 10 minutes of the game, if we got one, I thought we would have got a draw out of him. Mitrovic has a great chance. Keeper mm. keep actually lies down and he just <laughs> passes it. You know, he just passed it straight at him. I mean, he could have done anything he wanted. He could have possibly tried to take it around and lift it over him and things like that. But what could have... What, what could have went wrong on the day did go wrong. Uh, I know a lot of people have been griping on about the crowd, etc. And I think it was poor. Uh, um, there was a guy behind me after about 10 minutes into them because we hadn't took the lead. You know, <laughs> that isn't going to happen. This, this, regardless of the way the results have been over the last couple of weeks, is going to be a tough league. Yep. I've heard people say we're probably going to be probably better away from St. James's this season, but that was on the that was on the back of fans thinking, well, hold on, we're too expecting there. It's all right having a full house, which we did, 52 pounds, but we can make the game really uncomfortable for Wolves if we're right on their backs from moment one. And um, I think there needs to be a bit of realisation that teams are going to come to St. James as one. That certainly if they get the first goal, they're going, to make a tra- they're going to make it at that point incredibly difficult for you to try and break them down. And we didn't really have an answer. We didn't really create anything on Saturday, apart from the Perez chance and the Mitrovic chance, which was via a mistake. So I think there needs to be some realism still. Of course, everyone got carried away after the QBR result and the fact we won five on the belt. But, you know, you've got to earn the right, and the players needed to earn the right on the day. We didn't do it. We lost the game. Am I confident that manager will get a response out of the players? Yes. Newcastle will be back on the acker on Saturday night when we go to Villa. So, you know... I, just, it was a, It might be a good reality check, just like after the first two games of the season, because some of the daft score lines and predictions before this game on Saturday were absolutely, you know, they were, they were ridiculous. I would have took a one 0 win, a scrappy one 0 win. I'd take, I'd take um, 39 scrappy one 0 wins if it means we get promoted at the end of the season, because ultimately that's the goal. But everyone's got, as Benitez has kind of pointed out, everyone's got to stick together. It's a tough league. It's a tough ask. Playing two games pretty much a week all the way till Christmas. So, you know, there is going to be speed bumps along the way. And he slowly but surely is trying to change the mentality of the club where we where you aren't going to get these shock results in the championship. But it takes time. People need to realise that. Uh, what was your thoughts on um, the fact that uh, he made a remark tonight about the uh, Newcastle should realise that they're the, they're the head of the... the, head of the the tiger or the mouse, whatever it is, and people want to. You, you've got to run. Be, it was kind of along the lines that you can. You have to run before you can. Uh, you can walk before you can run, and, he, and he's kind of uh, try. I think it was his way of getting over his anger of what happened at the weekend because he he obviously seemed pumped up. I thought and the on Sky Sports were giving his um his um uh, you know weekly chat before the game. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, was, I would imagine he actually didn't see... He probably didn't see that coming on Saturday. No. 
Probably he not. himself wouldn't have seen that, seen that come on Saturday. He, it actually started from pretty much the first moment. Again, like I said, the two goals were a mistake. Mm. But two goals are mistakes. Away from those mistakes, you know, although Chantelman Bamba's a very, very comfortable footballer on the ball, he set the tone early doors by trying to, how can I put it, Rolls Royce himself out of the back four, carrying the ball at pace and getting himself in trouble. Mm. It happened pretty much in the first five minutes, and that seemed to, um, that seemed to have a, a, a knock-on effect within the whole side. And obviously when they got the first goal, it was like, how do you get back in the game? Mm. And they didn't really have an answer. The only person who, for me, um, was who had a decent game was Matt Ritchie. Every time I got Matt Ritchie the ball, uh, Matt Ritchie actually looked like he was going to create something. But unfortunately, um, I think he, he, anger got a little bit the better of him. And I think there was concerns around Benitez about him getting sent off. So he got mm. he, he ended up taking him off around about 70 minutes. And once he went off, to be honest with you, we, we lacked anything. Although that attitude did all right, but. I think Benitez was just surprised, Andrew, and I think a lot of people were surprised at the game. It was it was very strange, it was weird, but I think it was probably due to the fact that we just beat QBR 6-0, absolutely yeah. destroyed them. But this is Newcastle United. We beat Man United 5-0, but then went to Leicester, who were, you know, Leicester who were bottom of the Premier League at the time with the likes of Emil Heskey, and they beat us 2 out. So... That, this is Newcastle United. This is what Newcastle United do. Newcastle United consistently this season will win more games than they lose. But fans certainly have got to have got to be aware we aren't going to just go and steamroll the division. We, we got, I thought we got past that after we um, lost to Fulham and Huddersfield, but clearly not because we won five on the bounce. People are just expecting us to steamroll it. Yeah, what do you think, Neil? Because there was a lot of anger afterwards. Like I was surprised actually, because there yeah. must be a lot of anger on the ground as well. Well, frustration is the word you're looking for. Frustration, yeah, probably. That's 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 what it boils down to. We're rock up with it. it it's difficult to use the word expectation, but there'd be an air of expectation. We've just just come back off the back of our biggest away win since 1962 or something like that. And if we cannot, as fans, have a little bit of bounce and a little bit of hope and a little bit of expectation, if you will, that. All we want to do was see them put the same level of performance in, and they did not. It's quite patent, talking to everybody who's seen it. First 20 minutes in particular, um, we give the ball away far too much, and that will control the game. And that's not what we were expecting. What we were expecting was the team that came out, that went in having thumped QPR, to come out and start to try and thump Wolves. And it just didn't happen. And there'd be sort of potentially legion reasons why that happened, that's Rafa's job to get to the bottom of that and make sure it doesn't happen again, and I think we'll turn this negative into a positive, the way we did the first two losses, and so that, and that's the way we've just got to keep going as far as I'm concerned don't know what you think, Lee I just thought it was a, it was a weird, it was weird Neil, it was just a weird, it was a weird game for me off. Weird, weird the word I've had two or three people used to us as well, like weird atmosphere weird game weird way about everything that it just, just ah, didn't like go according to the script like I said uh, the moment Mbella um, um, Mbella started running the ball out the back four it was like it was like uh, how can I put it the weather was lovely I was dressed mm. in these shorts everyone had turned up like they were just going to, we were there for a Sunday a stroll really I, I, mm. you know and uh, this, I mean, I'll see it again. This is Newcastle United. Newcastle United do not do Sunday strolls. Mm. I wish they would do Sunday strolls, but then with the dear teams in this 
division, certainly when they come to St James's Park, I mean, Wolves brought uh, you know, 3,000 fans up, and if if we give teams a foothold in a game, which we did, we weren't we weren't pressing. There was no high tempo. It was very flat, um, and it was flat in the stands after ten minutes. I have to be honest. And, you know, you wouldn't have thought there was fifty-two thousand people there, and I don't know if people were just thinking they'll score. Newcastle's going to score at any time. They're going to score at any time. They scored sixty, right? They'll score at any time. And the key, like I said, it transmitted itself down the terraces. And um, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against reality checks because when this before the season kicked off, every time I was reading Twitter or reading social media, I was getting concerned about Newcastle's going to walk this league, Newcastle's going to do this, Newcastle's going to do that, Newcastle's going to do this, going to break these records. And all it's about for me is winning football matches. It doesn't matter how we do it and getting promoted at the end of the season, whether that be first, second or via the playoffs. I don't care as long as we get back into the Premier League. And that's when I think if we get back into the Premier League, that's when Rafa Benitez will come into his own. But this is this season is so important that everyone sticks together and gets behind this particular manager because we've been waiting for someone like him for such a long time mm. and everything he's trying to do is, is positive. And we are going to have bad days. We're going to have speed bumps, but we'll certainly win more than we'll lose and if we all stick together. And of course, people are, people, are, people are well within their rights to boo and things like that, which I don't. I'm not really a big fan of booing. Yeah, I assume, I assume my frustration normally comes out of silence or grief from the referee. Mm. Um, I just it was a it was a strange game, Saturday. Strange game. Write it off and move on to the next one. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, are you going tomorrow? Cause it's ten it's ten pound to get in, isn't it tomorrow? I am indeed. I that's it's good what the what the club's done there. I mean, the, I reckon there'll be thirty thirty five thousand there tomorrow night, which is superb. And Aye. you know, no better way to no better way to you know we're straight back on the horse. Let's get a result tomorrow night and then take that to Villa. Yeah, I think Villa's a big, a big game, and the thing is that we've we've, we've heard Lee and uh, Neil have the, they've blocked Newcastle fans taking extra fans there. Can you believe that, the Lee two, and Neil? The next two league games, Andrew, were massive. That that reality check, that, that reality check last uh, on Saturday might not be a bad thing because we go to Villa, mm. and then we've got Norwich at home, and I would see it um, come May, oh, Villa yeah, and Norwich. Villa and Norwich will be there or thereabouts. They will be the teams that we will be competing with. I'm, I'm not dismissing Huddersfield, and I'm not, dis- mm. not dismissing. Sorry, I'm not dismissing Huddersfield here. But I just think as the season progresses and um, squads squads are tested um, and stretched, I just think the likes of Norwich and Villa will be there, regardless of the way Villa started. The Villa's not losing many games, by the way. They've drawn a lot. Drawn, yeah. Um, and I think it's very important that we, you know, we we go to Villa. We play on a positive. Villa's going to have to come at us but we know sitting back because they need the result as well and I think that's where Rafa Benitez and this, this, this Newcastle United team will kind of come in towards the one So give me a, give me a score for, for Tuesday and then the Villa game uh, I'll take uh, I think we'll beat Wolves tomorrow night I think we'll come out all guns blazing I think there'll be changes Changes um, definitely yeah. Murphy probably uh, I, think, I think we'll win tomorrow night I'll, I'll go for a 2-0 scoreline and Villa I'd love to beat them lost. I can't stand them lost. There's something, there's something right off against them. There's something really off about them. They're very strange. They're, it's like a, they're like weird Southern fans. Really strange. Um, I'd love to beat them lost down there. I'll go for any couple too. Um. Yeah, I think it's going to be really... I think you're right. The next couple of weeks is going to be one of the things that could really shape the whole season. But we just... Like, as you said, this league, we just need to... If we have a setback with the next one, go on a bit of a run... 
and then take it from there. But but thanks for going on. Capable. Yeah, exactly. More than capable. More than capable. Well, hopefully, um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll win tomorrow, and obviously we'll talk about it next Monday. But thanks for coming on, Lee. Appreciate it. Cheers, Cheers. Well, great to have Leon is ever talking lots, lots of common sense when it comes to Newcastle's uh, mm-hmm. players and how they play every week. And bringing talking about common sense, the next person we could have is uh, Steve Hasty from Newcastle's Fans Forum. Good evening. <laughs> Hello, Andrew. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. All right, well, Neil. Hi, all right, mate. How are you doing? Very well. So tell me, there was a lot of anger, you know, after, after the match, during the match. Obviously, we we lost. Uh, what was your what was your take? You were there. What, tell me, what, what did you say and what you didn't like? I wasn't actually there, Andrew. Oh, you weren't, no. I'm not. Oh, so right, I'm right. going to give you a view based on someone who was driving up the A1, <laughs> uh, listening to Ray Junior Castle, getting more and more angry and probably driving <laughs> faster and faster as <laughs> as the journey went on till the point where he felt as though, you know what, it's not worth coming back now. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, I couldn't make the match on Saturday, not very often that I miss a game, but I missed this one. And uh, it's uh, it, it's an interesting when you have to listen to the match on the radio mm. and uh, and you, you, you're visualising what's going on. And all I could visualise was a, a flat atmosphere, mm. a flat performance, a flat commentary, and two a pundit and a commentator getting more and more angry at what mm. they were witnessing. And that was certainly being transmitted across the airwaves to me as I was sitting in the car on the way home. Yeah, I think it's it, it, that's the problem, is it? It's like you know, people talk about making changes, but he has to make changes. Um, you would, I, I think the the issue I've always had with Mitrovic is his pace, and it, certain games you've got to, uh, you know, I, I I've spoke to a few people about watching Perez and either guy. The, yes, he scored, he scored in midweek, but. It's to me. It's it just gets lost in the whole game. It's that that that's the trouble, isn't it? You you. It seems to work when you you bring him in for one game, you take him out, and then he played him two games in a row, and he's he's like he's like a wet lettuce, and you know. They, we, but it's not just him, is it? It's the whole. It's the whole team are flat. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're being a little bit harsh on Mitrovic there. And I think it's, I think that. that what we saw was we saw the highs of Tuesday night and a fantastic performance. And I mean, when God knows how many years, or thirty odd years, if not more, uh, probably fifty odd years, I think they said it was since we'd gone and scored six goals away from home. And uh, you know, an emphatic, more emphatic win you'll, you'll probably not see in that division this season. And then, typical as Lee, your previous caller said, you know, mm-hmm. there's Newcastle United after such a fantastic performance, then go in and and do a complete role reversal and. Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, the, the example that, that Lee gave of, of beating Man United 5-0 and then getting beat 2-0 off Leicester, and then the reverse, of course, was the fact that we, we lost to Hereford in the Cup and then went to Old Trafford and beat Manchester United the following week, you know, in 1972. So it, it, it is. It's, it's just something that happens in football. I mean, it, in a way, it, it could it could work out well, well for us. We've got a big game coming up on Saturday. Um, you know, again, the, the Toonami will be travelling in numbers, and not as many as there should be because of, of Aston Villa. It's a bit Villa, strange, uh, isn't it? It's a yeah, strange it's a weird, weird one. I mean, they've closed the top stand, top of that stand for the for the entire season, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that that shows you that the, the fantastic Villa uh, support that they have that they, they decided before the season even started they weren't going to fill that fill uh, Villa Park and there's Newcastle. You know, fifty-two thousand again turning up on Saturday. 
Mm. But uh, no, no, it, it 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 could be a blessing in disguise because uh, you know it, it probably showed Rafa a f- some some uh, give him a, a few eye-openers to a few of his players. It's interesting you talked about Mbemba there going forward with the ball when when we met Rafa a couple of weeks ago and he talked about how uh, when when we're playing uh, he likes Mbemba to maybe not move into that sort of uh, congested midfield area and, and risk losing the ball because when the ball when he does lose the ball the ball will come back over the top and can be punished you know mm. but whether or not that that was the message that went over on this Saturday as it had been on the previous home game who knows. But uh, Rafa will have learned by it. The players will certainly learn from it because uh, Rafa will hammer home in the next uh, in the next week uh, exactly what he expects of those players. And I think the first hammer that he, or the first nail that he hitting will be the nails in those who uh, didn't perform well enough to be actually uh, recalled for the cup game. I wonder. You might go the other way. You might turn around and go. You know what? You're all playing in the cup game because I'm going to see a totally different setup on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, that's a <laughs> good game, idea. Yeah. You know who 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 knows? Uh, and let, let's just see. Let's just see where is it. I think Neil said earlier it's a long season. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, teams in the castle win more than they lose. Uh, and I'd, I'd, I'm I'm disappointed. I think you know people were getting upset on social mm-hmm. media. I was disappointed with the result naturally. Because uh, you want Newcastle to win every game, mm. but uh, it's it's a tough league. You look at some of the results that were coming forward on Saturday. I mean, it looked as though at one point that Huddersfield were, were going to be uh, pegged back, and that we, you know, I was thinking, you know, if, like all Newcastle fans, you, you start driving along the road thinking, God, two goals in the last ten minutes, and you know, we're gonna we're gonna pull this out the bag. We're gonna get we're gonna get at least a point, and the momentum will be there with a the crowd and all that. And it just didn't happen. Um, so we've got this game. We've got Norwich coming up pretty shortly as well, and Norwich are the team who uh, who stepped above us on on Saturday. So you know some important games coming up, some important uh, performances needed, and uh, we'll see what happens to the cup match tomorrow. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we went out and absolutely tore them apart. To be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say because um, when you look at um, when you look at the way that obviously set up um, the way that um, Rafa was angry today, Neil. I, I did like that, because he used to do it a couple of times at Liverpool. He would he would come out and be really full of fury. But I did like the fact that he, you know, he, he's not afraid at all of making any changes whatsoever. Uh, but I just think on Saturday he could have changed it quickly. What do you think, Neil? Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously. Uh, I don't know. It, 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 it's such a difficult one of the what do you do to make changes how do you mix it up what do you do to to to, to he, he obviously wants to rotate and he obviously wants to keep players fresh and I think that's why he's given the length of the season that we've got um, it, tough call like I said before mate he, he's downed if he does and he's downed if he doesn't he's gonna. He's on a loser I think that just it, as Steve said before it's strange strange atmosphere and Lee said the same strange mm-hmm. and it's a word that keeps coming up where <laughs> I think we're all expected and what we, what we got was a bit of after the Lord's Mayor show really wasn't it mm-hmm. absolutely Neil yeah you're right I think I think you know what it is I think there's, there's, there's an element as well that uh, you know after five wins on the bounce that we had that, that you know that there's a sense you know we, we, there needs to be a sense of proportion brought back in you know um, you know, it is a difficult league, and we just played on the Tuesday night. We played on the previous Saturday. We played the Tuesday night, and and it's interesting. You know, I mean, people talk about 
Rafa like in rotation. I don't think it's so much rotation with Rafa. I think it's more that he picks the team based on the opposition. You know, he looks at the opposition. He analyzes the opposition. He looks at their strengths and he looks at their weaknesses, and then he picks his team. Uh, in the best way that he thinks can exploit those strengths and weaknesses, you know, and that's that's what the changes are. Uh, he looked at he looked at QPR and he looked at their, you know, you'll have seen the videos from from the week before right. when they played Leeds, and then he thought, you know, well, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna play a pressing game on these. These haven't a clue what they're doing. Blah blah blah. Now he then looked at West at Wolves and thought, there's a team that's you know they've just been hammered four 0 against Barnsley, mm-hmm. and you know they were at home and what what on earth's gone wrong there? And he's thinking that there's going to be a reaction, and I'm going to pick my team accordingly. And you know, it 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 didn't work for him. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that's why you know because he because he picks the team that he thinks is the team that can perform against the opposition. That makes it sometimes difficult to make those changes. You know, mm-hmm. um, he has a, he has a set way that he thinks that we're going to line up. He has a set way that he wants to perform. When things go wrong, it's then a case of right. Well, what am I going to do here? Who am I going to slot in? And uh, uh, it's, I, I think you just put put the whole thing down to mm-hmm. just one of those games, one of those uh, blips that you'll get, and we might well go on another five-game unbeaten run um, and find ourselves in, in five or six weeks' time uh, sitting here going, hey, you know what, looking good, looking good. There's a gap opened up between... You know, and the top four, and this is where it's battling, and these other these other teams that are looking good. Because quite frankly, Huddersfield has surprised me. I, I don't think anybody expected mm. Huddersfield to be up mm. there at, at the start of the season, and certainly the performance they put in against us was a bit of a smash and grab raid. Um, they look they look an interesting team, but they look no different to, to say Brighton when they came as well. You know, um, but. It's it's just going to be one of those things. Barnsley are sitting up there. Barnsley are getting you know they, they scored another four on uh, four on Saturday I think didn't they? You know they they they're banging the goals in. They're the top scorers in the league. They've got Adam Adam Armstrong there who's scoring for them. And, mm. you, and you're thinking that that's not a team that you expect to be up there or thereabouts. You're mm. expecting the Norwiches and the Villas, and you're expecting the the teams from last season and, uh, and the likes of Brighton to be there or thereabouts. But uh, you're not expecting Barnsley, you know, and it's, it's it, and you're not expecting Huddersfield, but uh, that's the nature of the start of the season, and uh, I think you know it'll, it'll level itself out, and we'll know where we where we are and and what needs to be done. And if we get to Christmas, and it looks as though that there's players who Rafa Fields aren't performing, and we'll know that because those players are just, you know, they literally won't be seen back in the in the first team if he feels as though they're letting them down. Um, you know that we'll go out and we'll buy quality and we'll buy players that can get you through the second stage. I think tomorrow night we'll probably see... Um, Lazar. Yeah, yeah. We'll Yedlin. See, see the likes of that, yep. I Murphy. Think we'll, I think we'll see we'll see um, Daryl Murphy probably make his debut. And uh, those guys are then going to be looking at it and thinking, you know what, a good performance on Tuesday night after what was witnessed on right. on Saturday. And, uh, hey, I'm in with a chance, at least the bench, if not uh, a, a starting place. Did you play Murphy, Murphy and Mitrovic up, up top with uh, <laughs> Perez on the know. bench? Uh, I think I think Murphy's probably had Murphy and Gale, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Um, would yeah. that be? Perez, Perez is a bit of an enigma at the moment, mm. isn't he? He plays really well. Uh, you know, looks like he's he can cruise through a game, and then he has another game where he, he looks as, a, as though either he's he's 
he's got two left feet or two right feet, but certainly not the not wearing the boots <laughs> that are the right size for him. And you know, he just just has one of those absolute stinkers. When he has a stinker, he has an absolute stinker, you know. <laughs> um, and and just 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 so frustrating, Andrew. So frustrating. Yeah, I think uh, I think with the, the you know with the fact that the subs weren't brought on earlier. Um, I think I, I had an issue with that, but what did, what did you think, Neil? Because th- this is the thing: is that it's, 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 uh, we've all said it's going to be a long, long season, and yeah. you know that's the thing. That's the thing about this league; it's the worst league in the world to watch. I know Tom took a bit of issue with that, saying, "Well, it's not always like that." Well, it is. Most the, the games I've I've seen, uh, the the very cagey affairs. They aren't like you know. I suppose like the Premiership can be sometimes can be boring too, but. Um, that's the that's always going to be the issue. You you go you got I think you got people, I think uh, Susan said you've got it can't there's more pace in the matches. Um, it's a bit more slow in the Premier League, but um, it's the, the unfortunate thing is it's going to be a grind. And I, like I I didn't have a problem with the fact that we lost. I just think well if if it's going wrong it's just, you know we have to have players that go on there and like he, I think I'm not sure if Gufron was played but he came on a sub didn't he I think Gufron but that's right uh, I think um I think tomorrow to, I think just for, just for this um to change the team I think tomorrow it's probably going to be look like a quite exciting team with a bit more pace and um but saying that you've got the game coming up against uh, Aston Villa, which is a very important game. So you know he might just bring in the fringe players for that one. And but that's a good thing about Rafa. If if Mitrovic had a stinker on Saturday, you know fine well he won't. You you know, either take it. I'll give him more game time or I'll play him. But what do you think? What do you think, Neil? Before, before um, Steve answers it, I think Neil, you there? Oh. Hello. So, what do you think? Do you think he'll Sorry, change? Mate. Change? He'll make wholesale changes, or he'll just be one or two? I think he'll make wholesale changes, mate. Yeah. I, I think you'll see quite a significant amount of changes. I think you'll yeah, take it as an opportunity to, yeah. to, to to put a few people out, give them a run out, give them some time on the pitch, give them some match experience, and give them an opportunity to see right drop us. Mm-hmm. You know, the the, the opportunity is there on the back of that result at the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I think players will take that opportunity myself. I think the I think the anger that I saw in Benitez, I think on Tuesday, I think on Tuesday night you're going to see a very very um, up tempo uh, game. It's just a shame it's not on TV really, but it, I think it'll, it will be definitely up tempo game because mm. you know he he won't put up for that. He won't put up with what happened on Saturday, uh, Steve. No. No, he won't. No, I mean, I mean, I, I, I can imagine we'll have Dolo back in goal. I, I can mm, see, I can Dolo. see Hanley yeah. coming in at the back, and I can yeah. see Clark getting the run out. Yeah. I can see uh, Jesus having a game. Uh, I can no, see he's been ruled out already. Is he, is he ruled out? Well, yeah, well, perhaps, calf perhaps problem. Then we'll, yeah, perhaps then we'll 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 see one of the other new signings come in. Um, I can I can see that he, that he can he'll he'll make changes in midfield. Mm. Uh, I think you wouldn't be surprised if Callback was back in. Um, I think he, I, I wouldn't be surprised to be rested Richie because he, you know, he's mm. put a graft in in two games now. Um, mm. Whether he'll rest Shelby um, and and look at a, a different combination in midfield, not because Shelby's playing badly, but because again, um, 
I don't know whether Shelby's a sort of player. He's played. He played on the Tuesday. He played Saturday, and whether you want to play him again on Tuesday. Um, and I think he, he's possibly the sort of player who could could benefit from a little bit of a break, you know, mm. um, because he was one of our better performers by by all accounts on Saturday. Um, if the if the commentary that I was listening to was anything to go by, but uh, no, it's it's. I think that. The, the, what's worrying me and what, what was disappointing for me was the fact that it was mistakes it was poor passing I was listening to um, you know it was sloppy play it was it was not the sort of play that that we've come to to witness you know it wasn't we weren't playing on the front foot as we as we did in midweek where we made it look too easy at times um, there's you know it, it, as, as you say Neil you know if anything could go wrong, it did go wrong on Saturday in terms of right. a number of players. A number of players as well need to come back down to earth. You know, players perhaps who are sitting there or turning up at St James's and thinking this is going to be a walkover. You know, and that includes my captain, by the mm-hmm. way. You know, yeah. I'm not going to. He's not going to hold out there from from any criticism either. You know, because mm-hmm. uh, he, he's he's quite happy to let his mouth go and he's quite mm-hmm. happy to to buoy himself up, but. You know, his his performances aren't exactly uh, you know pulling up trees, are they? You know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, thanks for coming on, Steve. I've got my last call on the evening on now, and uh, but we'll hopefully give me a scoreline for tomorrow and the weekend. Well, I, you know what I think? I think it'll be a great game tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if if we ended up beating them three-one. Uh, I think there'll be goals in it. I think I think we'll play very much on the front foot and be a much more better tempo of a game. Um, and I think it will surprise them. And then next week, the Villa, you know what? I, I can see us going down to Villa, and I can see us taking them by a clear two goals next week. Um, they're not a good team. They're making yeah. out that they're a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a shambles of a club. Uh, they deserve it as well, but uh, sometimes you don't get what you want. To close off, to close off your part of your ground is a bad crack. Like. It is, it is. That's <laughs> it's so, I mean, so, yeah, so destroying, you know. Uh, yeah. Should be the other way around. If they've got any, if they've got any hope of of getting back into the into the Premiership, you know, you'd think they would be getting behind Can that they? team. You know, and it just goes to show. Slacking us off. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Steve. Appreciate it. Till till next week, mate. Thanks Steve a lot, mate. Cheers. Tell on Bye bye. Well, great to have Steve on as usual. And last caller of this evening, give a bit more time this evening is uh, Chris Parry calling from the from, calling from Dallas, where I'm sure. He's very happy after what happened yesterday to my glorious Redskins. Good evening, Chris. How are you? I'm doing fine, and I am very happy. It's nice to be one and one. Yeah, I hate I hate them bloody Cowboys. But anyway, tell me. So after a a, a, a good couple of weeks um, with Newcastle, it's back to the drawing board again. And uh, but at least we've got an angry manager who wants to put it right. It's it's interesting, and I've listened to to Steve. It's um, it just seems Newcastle, in my opinion, is not used to being. They're not used to being the front runner. Uh, they're not used to being at the top of the table and and finding ways to to get points. They're, these players have all been accustomed to scratching for anything they can get at the bottom, and I, I really think that it. it it kind of shows because once they start getting some good feelings and start feeling good about themselves, it's almost like they lose that edge that they need to get the victories. Because I'll be honest, it seems to, of course, I had to listen to it on the radio like everybody else. Uh, 
it seems to me like they have played much, much better on the road this season. And, uh, boy, that's crazy when you talk about Newcastle. Besides the first game against Fulham, they seem like they've been much more attentive. They've been much more at it. They've been much more uh, compact defensively. Yes, they've given up some goals early in the season. But at home, they've been getting results but haven't been playing that well. I mean, you can just uh, we've all seen it. I mean, they've been getting victories, and then, of course, <laughs> and it came to a head this past weekend. It's, it's almost like St. James Park, they're not, they're not, they believe that they just turn up at St. James's Park, St. James Park, the, the crowd is going to get behind them, and they're going to just, they're going to win. They're going to find a way to get it done. Whereas, I would really love for them just, just to go and just, just take it to teams, like you see Man City doing right now, to everybody. Uh, it's, um, man, that's the one thing, I think that's something that it's just going to take some time. Newcastle, I mean, Newcastle players have to learn to how to deal with success because for the last five or six years it's been it's it's been try to grab points here and there try to hang on with everything that they've got and uh, and stay you know and stay up well now they're at the ascendancy and everyone's trying to knock them off and they can't afford to just show up and expect to just you know, just to go out there I mean what do you think you've you've been you're there you're seeing the matches you probably even more than me because they're not on te- you know they're not on, on the television you know very much here in the states I mean do you feel kind of the same thing yeah, it's, I think when you when you watch Newcastle, it's you know it, it's it's never going to be free flowing football because they're still trying as a squad they're still trying to find out what they can and cannot do, and I think uh, the problem when they you know when they don't turn up, it goes south pretty quickly, and the fact that we've got such an in depth squad now, um, you've got to make changes early, you know they go off. You know, if they go off the second half and they come on, make the change then. You know, bring a bring a couple of players on, and make you know if because the thing is, it's never it could get better, but ordinarily, it just the first couple of minutes, unless they've had an absolute lashing, they come out, and um, they do something. But they you know when it's not when it nothing happens, and they're playing the same way, the other team's always going to take advantage. What do you think, Neil? Neil? Uh, I think we probably lost Neil. Yeah, but hey, I'm going to ask you another question. I mean, do you agree with me about just the home form? The away form has been actually pretty good this year. I mean, they've they've shown you know, they've shown up. They've they've made they they've come out to to do a job and they've got the job done. Sometimes it has been pretty, but it, at least it seems like it is consistent. Whereas at home, they've been getting results, but I really haven't. I don't think they've been at the races all season. At home, I mean, uh, I mean, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I think at home, you've got to like you know you you expect them to be a bit more up tempo, like press a bit more than what they have been doing. I think at home, the, that's the worry, is that you know we'll we'll get results away from home, where you know we're kind of set up uh, to catch teams on the break and um, let them come on to us and take take us away. But I think uh, at home. Every single team that's going to come to Newcastle is going to be up for it. You know, they're, they're, yeah, they're going to bu- and they're going to bunker in too. And yeah, they're going to do the exact in. same thing. Yeah, because the thing is, Newcastle have got to. You know, at the moment, can you say what what way Newcastle are going to play? Well, you know, they've got a big man up there. You know, I've still got my doubts on Mitrovic, even though he had a good game against QPR. He's got to get his fitness up. He's lost a bit a bit of weight. Plus, you've got the, the players that aren't even playing yet, and you've got Teodie. There's still there's still lots um, there's still lots to happen, 
Um, it's just it just depends on how. Um, it, I think Neil's. I think Neil's having a few trouble. I can hear a beeping noise, but um, it's to me it's like well, you know, it, it's a it's a long long season, and um, I think um, I, I just hold on. Let me just get rid of Neil for a second because he's beeping <laughs> in my ear. Um, okay, now he's gone. Um, so. Um, um, he's uh, that that that's always going to be the issue. It, it, Newcastle have got to play a certain way, but they've got to mix it up and they've got to they've got to put a bit more pace on because if you're one two nil down, you're going to have to change things quickly and get it try and get stuff done in a better way. I think because of the de- the depth that we have, it is easier to change it. Um, but at home. Um, teams just, I, you know, I think that they're just waiting for us really to the way that it's a, the the old adage in football, quiet the crowd quickly. And when we've been in this position before, we've always, um, you know, previous years when we, had, when we were in the championship, we've set the tone. We've got we've got at the teams, you know, to bring them out. And I think at home, that's that's what Newcastle have got to do. They've got to bring them out. Yeah, I mean it's and one thing that uh, at least from what I've noticed is that when the center of the pitch is not being taken care of, like when Hayden and when Shelby have you know, and, and even Colback when these guys when they're not up for it and they're not controlling the midfield, it does seem like everything's breaking down uh, because Richie's good on on, you know, on the wing, and and I think yeah, and I think Anita's doing a good job, you know, and, and I I thought I've seen the I've seen the video of the tackle, I didn't think that was a red card, but you know, sometimes I mean when you go in referees freak out and they think that he's trying to hurt somebody. I thought it was a yellow at the most. It, 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 yeah, it, it, it seemed like the midfield was really just not controlling things. And that's why I think you do need a Mitrovic up there. You do need someone who, you know, they went and, they went and got some stone and some steel and some big and, and you know, some big guys. They need to pair them with the goal scorer. With, they, they can no longer put, you know, Perez and uh, and that dude, what's uh who's the other who's who's the number nine? This Gale. They can no longer put Perez and Gale up there by themselves because they're just they're not good enough together to create create anything. At least in my opinion, it seems like it, you need the guy up there that can kind of hold the play up and and they can kind of play off each other. Maybe maybe pair up Gale with Mitrovic and and Perez with uh with the new uh you know with the, with with the new signing the new you know the big tall signing that I guess has not seen the pitch yet so to me I think something like that maybe they could come up with combinations I mean you know maybe uh maybe Benitez could come up with okay this is the home team this since they've got so many players this is the home squad that we're going to put out here and we're going to throw a few and then we have a road squad that goes out and does a job I don't know I mean it's it's interesting I mean, it's it's crazy to have this many this many players. It feels like Newcastle's Chelsea this season. Yeah, I think that that thing is it's such a big, it's such a big, um, you know, big team to be taken down. And you know, the the one thing you always want to to, to have is is not to uh, is not to lose your home games. As many as that, um, um, you know, that we've I think we've lost two already. And uh, that's the thing with this, with this league. Nobody's going to run away with it. Even Newcastle, aren't going to, you know, there's no way Newcastle are going to going to run away with this league, especially with what's, you know, with the amount of teams that have come from the champ, come down from the Premier League. Uh, like like Neil said, a lot of teams they're they're drawing a lot of games. You, you eventually think it's going to go two ways. They're going to keep on drawing, and eventually they might start to pick up. 
but the fact that they haven't lost games. But you know, this is when fitness will come in, will be key with the amount of players like uh, that um, Aston Villa have got, Norwich have got. So you know, you can see Norwich scoring a lot of goals. You can see you can't see Villa scoring a lot of goals because they're not that type of team. But Newcastle have got goals in them, and mostly you know, if it's if if a team is picked correctly and we can we can get at we can get at them a little bit. But that with this, us being at home. You know, it's 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 going to have to be an up tempo, in your face, at them from minute one. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the home, if you know, talking about what we were saying, if you're going to have like a home team that you're going to put out there, I would think Richie on one side, Atsu on the other side. You know, maybe Mitrovic and Perez, or Mitrovic and Gale up front. If you want to put Hayden in the middle, maybe with Tiote, so you could have one more of a or Shelby and Tiote or something like that. Just and then uh, I really think Yedlin would be would be a, definitely needs to be a choice on one of the side on his side because he's got so much pace going up the side. And I just uh, to me, you need to put out a team that's going to take it to the opposition, especially at home. I can understand going on the road and doing what needs to be done to get victories. But it just needs to, in my opinion, of course, I'm not, you know, Rafael Benitez, but in my opinion, I think something like that would benefit uh, Newcastle greatly, at, le- you know, at least for their home matches. Speaking yeah. of home matches, Tuesday, the yeah. league is it's just the League Cup against a team that just made the Magpies look awful. <laughs> so yeah. so, uh, so how, how, do they, how do they turn it around? See, you're talking to a journalist, so I'm going to ask you questions. How do they, how do they turn it around? Well, that, that's the thing about turning around. I think tomorrow they're going to have to... It has to be... A, the thing is, it won't be an up-tempo performance. I think it might be a, quite an exciting um, tempo to the game. It just depends how we start. If we if we go at them, um, you know, if, if he puts a lot of uh, pace in the team, if he drops a few players, because that's the thing, he'll... he'll, he'll he, would, he saw what happened on Saturday, he'll just take players out. He'll just say, right, listen, you you didn't do it for me. Uh, or he could go the o- the other way, play them all again, say right, go out there, make a difference. But I suspect there'll be a lot of changes. I, you would think there'll be at least, well, I think it'll be six to seven. I think you'll totally. Well, change there's it. so many new players. There's so many new players that have yet to even put the strip on and and play in a match. You know, new signings. That hopefully I would think that it's time to start you know bleeding some of these guys into the squad and finding out kind of what they you know, what they're going to do. Uh, you know, under the lights, so to speak. Uh, in, uh, I think the big uh, game's obviously. And yeah, the big game's going to be weird because yeah. Andy, it's so, I mean, Andrew, it's so weird because Newcastle looks so good against you know in midweek. But was it really Newcastle looked good, or did they just fall apart? I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, are we look, are we reading forward. too much into the into the six now? Yeah, the thing is that we never they never got going from minute one and. Like Mitrovic had a ch- had a chance to do something, and you know he the, the the goalkeeper was already on the way down. This this is the problem with Mitrovic. You see, Tim, for me, he's one of these players that he needs to he needs to get the killer instinct, and he hasn't he hasn't got it. And obviously, he had Alan Shearer, you know, had had his um um his statue up last week. You know, it shouldn't it shouldn't be. If I was Rafa Benitez, I'd be saying, right, come on, get a few lads in training to to. To, you know, get involved in the the attacking side of it, just to just to give them a bit a bit of pointers because he's a young lad, and like you know, 
you, you've either got that killer instinct in, in you or you haven't and Mitrovic comes across like he'll score a goal one minute but he'll not go on a run and he's still a young lad but sometimes players need um, need, need you know a run of games to get to get going but that's the thing he's, he's a young lad I think he just he needs a few more games but you know to me you've got it building up momentum it's that's the thing is that you have momentum and then you lose you lose this one game where people are expecting you to win and it, it it could you know with Newcastle we're not we're never far off being in trouble <laughs> so like um, well and that's the thing I think we all need to take a step back from the from the ledge here I mean Newcastle is in second place it's uh it's I mean, they've had a good run of form. Uh, I don't think, like, like you and I talked about, I don't think anyone's going to run away with this league. So if, if Newcastle's winning, let's say if they play five, five league matches, regardless home away, if they're winning four out of five and they're not getting draws, they're just getting, you know, they're getting all three points four out of five times, it's, everything's going to be fine. I mean, people, do, every once in a while, I mean, we all, there are human beings. You show up sometimes and it just don't, you just don't get it done. But uh, they just, it was just disheartening listening to the radio at how bad they seemed to be playing, that that there was really nothing that they that they went. I mean, of course, Wolves had you know, Wolves had just gotten smoked, you know, just uh, you know, just three or four days earlier. So they were up for it to try to prove to their you know to their manager that you know that, that they deserved to be there. So maybe that was just the case. It was just mm-hmm. one of those things. And I guarantee that Newcastle, as long as they don't give up a goal in the first minute uh, mm-hmm. against you know against Wolves, I think you know, sometimes they seem like they come out and. They you know they they step on a rake and you know, and and they're already you know they're already into it. But I mean besides if they don't do that, I think they're going to be very very comfortable tomorrow. And then of course, uh, ask, uh, you know the, I don't know. It's gonna I think it's gonna be tough to go on the road. I really do. I think uh, you know, Aston Villa they're playing for their lives, and they're definitely not going to be even remotely intimidated by Newcastle. They've played them forever. I could kind of see a one-one, a one-one, maybe a two-two, maybe Newcastle nicks it at the end and gets it, you know, three-two or two-one. But I, act, for some reason, I just see a draw uh, in that, in the, you know, in that second fixture. Mm, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, give me, a, give me a score line for uh, for Saturday. Well, for Saturday, uh, you know, well, you talk about well, Saturday. I, I see more of a draw. That's what I do mm. for two, for uh, for you know, for the game against Wolves against Wolves. I see. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I, don't, I, I think Newcastle's going to take care of business against Wolves, and I think uh, Villa. I see more of a draw situation happening. Mm. Okay. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. Appreciate as ever, uh, Chris. And we'll speak to you next week, and uh, we'll hopefully be euphoric. <laughs> All right. Appreciate it. Talk to All right, mate. Take care, mate. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, thanks for everybody coming on the show tonight. It's been a great show. Uh, well, obviously we had uh, Tom. Uh, from Tom Barkley from the, the Sun with my regular guest this evening. So thanks everybody for coming on and let's hope Newcastle do the business tomorrow night and on Saturday against the hated Villa because they are hated. Good night everybody.